Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 170, your once-week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Steve. And I still can't believe this is my job. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. This is a family-friendly show in both language and content. However, do be aware we drink alcohol on the show, but most of the time the content stays pretty friendly. We do read all Super Chats on the air so long as they meet those family-friendly criteria. And if you want to join the Super Secret Chat and the even more Super Secret After Party, Mm -hmm. it's over on the Discord server. Thinking about getting in there by joining the Patreon or Floatplane. Links are both down in the video description, and you're helping me keep the lights on around here. Basically, it's uh, craft computing after dark. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, the after party is yeah. uh, is craft computing after dark. Yeah. Uh, it's basically, what we got. All bets are off. <laughs> we need. We need to. We need to market that. Yes. <laughs> it worked for Showtime. Our Cinemax. True. So Cinemax. 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 Yeah. Cinemax. <laughs> yeah. Cinemax after dark. Yeah. Watching the static on your TV. Going, <laughs> Back in the old days when your parents had scrambled cable and you're just kind of, uh, what is that? I, I think I see something. Yep. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Steve? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, good. I'm feeling pretty good. Good. It has been it has been a week here already, man. Uh, I I feel like usually I don't get to Wednesday going like I need a beer, especially yeah. since this is my job now. Like I just yeah. get to hang out and play with computer parts all day. Like if you told, if you told 10 year old Jeff, that would be his job. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, 10 year old Jeff would be super stoked. <laughs> yeah. No, 10 year old Jeff would be over the moon. If, if he just got to like, look at computer parts all day, I get a tinker with him. <laughs> um, right before the show, like half hour before the show, I went out to my garage and I put 128 gigs of Ram into my, one of my one U servers. Cause my Ram kit came in. And I pulled it open going. <laughs> yeah, <it's fun. laughs> like, that's just and me then in the, my garage. Then the salivation, you know, shorted out. And you're like, right. oh, man. Um, I also got in a 2667 V2 today. Oh, so, wow. So uh, a four gigahertz turbo Ivy Bridge mm-hmm. CPU for 2011. So that's going to be fun. Is that going to be a future project or you know, get some hints of where you're going to go in? That one may or may not show up in a project. That's going to go into my wife's build. And I don't know if I'm going to do a video on that one or not. Mm-hmm. That okay. one might just end up being a Patreon uh, and float plan exclusive. So, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, but uh, I got this in today. Oh, okay. Well, how much did that cost? Or that's free. <laughs> this was sent in by, by super fan uh, Hamish. Hamish, wow. Hamish, wow. Uh, all the way from Australia. Those, those um, 1070s are worth money now. This is not just any 1070. Oh, what this is it? Is, this is the 1070 Katana. Oh, even better. This is the single slot GTX mm-hmm, 1070. Mm-hmm. Because you're looking for that single slot. I got nice. one. I can't believe I have one. Um, after after all that dinking around. After all that dinking around. Yeah. <laughs> like, just got, ah, I don't need it. Oh, anymore. you want a single slot card? Here, have a 1070. Uh, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say, I am still very proud of the work I did on that 1650. And it works. Yeah. And it's been running for over two weeks. Uh, it's sitting over on my desk. I don't have it in a case yet. It's still just sitting on, on some standoffs on my desk. Uh, but it's been up and running, and I've been playing on the GPD Win uh, with that thing and having a blast playing like Red Dead Redemption on my handheld, streaming oh, nice. from the 1650. 
cool. And it runs great. Um, <laughs> but no, the Katana, holy crap. That's That's been on like my bucket list of things that I've wanted. Like, I want that graphics card. I have to have that graphics card. Mm-hmm. And I finally have one. Yeah. <laughs> Those are hard to get a hold of. Extremely yeah. hard to get a hold of. Yeah. No, they were rare when they were released. I know. Like, like a niche card to a niche market. And yeah. So thank you, Hamish. I, I sincerely appreciate it. So uh, look look forward to a video on this card coming up on the channel here pretty soon. Maybe I'll throw it head to head against my 1650 and see which one I prefer. Kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just been a week. Like, I've I've already shot two videos this week, uh, and uh, I got so busy today. My sister's laptop died on her last week, and oh, uh, and she lives down in Eugene. So uh, she finally called me with an SOS last night, and and uh, I said I, this isn't something I can diagnose over the phone. She was yeah. saying like I can log into Windows sometimes, like sometimes Windows will boot and it'll just come up to a black screen, uh, no mouse, no nothing. And then sometimes Windows will boot and it'll bring the login screen. And then I type in my pin and then it kind of logs me in, but I get just a pink background. And then the start menu, the start bar at the bottom just goes click, click, click. It just flashes. And I got to see it doing that. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen anything like it. It was I've exactly as you like described. That too. Right. I'm like, I mean, it, uh, it could be a hardware thing or it could be a Windows thing. It Who ended knows? up just being a Windows thing. Okay. Just, just to nuke it and rebuild it. But yeah. Something happened to her to her Windows kernel, and it, it was pooped. not happy. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. So it, so that that was like a two and a half hour project this afternoon that I hadn't planned on you know having to having to do, but I still got a video done, and I've got another one ready to film tomorrow. So it's been a good week, but nice. I feel like a beer. <laughs> yes, I really Who doesn't do. feel like a beer. Uh, what do you got tonight? Uh, well, we, uh, uh, I did, I did hint that I have a really weird beer. Yeah. You, you said you had a really weird one and, and okay, I'm going to, I'm going to name that John, one last. When John says interesting, I always go, Ooh, when you say interesting, I'm usually halfway intrigued. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know which way to go on this one though. <laughs> so this, this one, okay. I'll, I'll do the two normal ones that I have first. Um, I have, uh, cause we did, we did the heady topper one time. I think it was couple years ago no yeah that was at our at our one year Year anniversary show yeah yeah because we don't get alchemy out here that often right or two year anniversary two year anniversary two year anniversary that's right it was the hundred thousand show that yeah yeah, the we don't get the alchemist out here that much but they have their other one uh which is focal banger we got that uh just in today with several several bottle shops got some and uh, john picked some up and got me one so i'm gonna drink that one for sure yep and i have great notion uh triple dank shark a triple ipa Okay. Great Notion is always good. I've heard good. that one is pretty solid. Yeah. I, I haven't tried that one myself, but I've most heard their... Great Notions are are yeah. excellent. Uh, great to excellent. Yeah. Um. Now this is the weird one. This is called the main dish. M A I N E. So the state. Yeah, like the state. Yeah. And it is a stout with maple syrup, balsam okay. fir, which is a wood, and lobster. So it's got it's got lobster on it. There's the fur. <laughs> The Here, let me let me get you a full and the maple syrup. There you go. <laughs> lobster, maple syrup, and fir trees. And, and fir tree. So I guess it's supposed to taste like Maine. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we'll see. Uh, I will say, at first, I cringe just a little bit when I hear yeah. the lobster. Mm-hmm. But 
there's a particular gin from Oregon mm-hmm. uh, distilled down in Corvallis uh, from Vivacity. They're a distillery down there. And mm-hmm. they make what they call the native gin. Mm-hmm. And it is supposed to be the Oregon gin. Right. And I got to tell you, if you've ever driven through Eastern Oregon, like like you're bombing down Highway 97 and you're just on that straight road, there's a smell in the air and it is a very distinct smell. And a lot of people from outside the state aren't used to that smell. It's mm-hmm. it's the really, really thick spruce, spruce and, pine. And, and yeah. birch and, yep. and pine, mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and, but it's dry mm-hmm. and, it, and it's like almost smoky. I know exactly uh, what that smell is. Right. You know know what Eastern Mm -hmm. Oregon smells like. Of course. That gin tastes like that smell. Yeah. And so when I describe it to people, they're like, ah, that sounds horrible. But when I drink it, it's like, it's like I'm in Bend all of a sudden. Like, like I feel like I'm in Bend. I'm not. I'm just drinking gin. Just drinking gin. I know you you mentioned it before, and I want to try to find a bottle of that. I can't find it anywhere around here, though. uh, I do know where it is available. Uh, You can actually get it down in the Kaiser liquor store. So if you're ever ever down that way, they they do carry it there. They they carry a bunch of of Vivacity stuff there. I almost stopped stopped in there last week, actually, but ended up not. So yeah, swing, swing in there and pick it. it. It's their native gin. They've, they've got two or three or four gins. They've got a vodka. They've got uh, a bunch of different stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of clear spirits. But uh, yeah. but no, the native gin is is bomb. I'll have to try that. All right. So uh, yeah, that one's definitely weird. I don't know that I'm yeah. going to be able to compete with that. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if I want to do that one first or if I want to do do the, the focal banger. Well, boy, it's a stout. I, I would say let that thing get to 40 and above. Yeah, I, like, I, I, it's been sitting out for a good twenty minutes, maybe. Okay. So I mean, maybe I guess have I second could do it right see, now. And maybe I'm have it second. second. Yeah, I'm gonna do it second. second. All right. I'm gonna uh, do the uh, focal banger first, I guess. All right, and then for my beer, uh, I brought out the Iron Horse Brewery Mocha Death. Um, I had this in one of my episodes a week or two ago. Uh, so this is from again from Iron Horse Brewery. They're up in Ellen, Ellensburg, Washington, I think it is. Uh, yeah, Ellensburg. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're known for the Quilter's Irish Death, which is an Irish ale, and it's just fantastic. It's smooth, yeah, it's, very good it's creamy. Uh, this is that same ale, but with coffee and cocoa. Um, so I've had it once before, but uh, it, it's pretty solid. Uh, then I decided to go with a rare one because I was looking at my fridge going, you know, those bombers, they're starting to stack up again. Mm-hmm. I think I could part with one. And the Manic Geek, uh, Mike, up in Portland, uh, really good friend of the channel, longtime friend of the channel, and uh, uh, also does uh, a lot of keyboard reviews. He has a YouTube channel, so go check out the Manic Geek over on YouTube if you're mm-hmm. interested in, like, why you need to start buying mechanical keyboards and yeah. and bless your fingers with, uh, with <laughs> those switches. And get into, like, the weeds with it, with, like, purchasing and procuring your own custom-made switches and lubricating them one by one and installing them onto the PCB and hand solder. Like he's all, all about it. Uh, anyway, he was kind enough to, uh, buy this beer for me over a year ago. I want to say probably Um, nicely then. And, uh, and it took that long for us to hook up and get together. And any, and even then it was delivered to me by messenger. Uh, so he got it to one of my friends who then got it to me. Uh, so this is the Cascade Brewing Mayan Bourbonic 2017. Uh, so skull, good luck finding this one right away. Uh, 
This is an, a, a, an imperial porter aged in bourbon barrels with cocoa, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, and dates. Mm, that sounds wonderful. This sounds wonderful and exactly like what I needed tonight. But I'm going to start <laughs> off with some coffee. A little Irish okay, coffee. A little Irish coffee. <laughs> yeah, actually, I just looked at the bottom of the can because Hetty Topper and, and the, the, this one, the focal, focal banger. Yeah. They say not to pour it out. You're supposed to drink it from the can. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, but I know it's a hazy, so I'm turning it upside down just a little bit to let the stuff settle. But this was just canned like a couple days ago. Yeah. Like like six days ago. Wow. Yeah. So this is this is how, pretty fresh. How stuff. did you get an alchemist beer in Oregon six days later? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like they're Virginia, aren't they? I, I don't know. No, uh, Vermont. Where's Vermont, yeah. They're yeah. like, I They were. I knew they were like New England. Yeah, yeah, they're How? way in their East Coast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some 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 trucker hopped up on, you know, trucker pills and coffee. All right. Ooh, man. That smells All right, good. and I did miss some shout outs. So let me see if I can scroll back up and get a couple of those. Uh, Novella Hub drinking mm. Havoc Mead, Root of All Evil Ginger Mead, 6.9%. I do like this some good mead. I like I like ginger. I like ginger too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Skull says Galax. Wait, that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, let's see. There were a couple more. I know I saw some. Oh, I might have to scroll back. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I well, think I'm way said up they were here. Doing, uh, just finished a Toppling Goliath Hopsback. Ooh. I've not had that one from Toppling. I haven't had it either. Uh, let's see. I know I saw a couple more, but I'm... Bark's Root Beer somebody's drinking. Nice. Fretboard Brewing Fruit Loop IPA. There's John Jay. John Jay's drinking a uh, Lord Hobo Oat Meat and Potatoes Dinner Stout. Sounds like up there with my lobster stout. Yeah. <laughs> Oaked meat and potatoes. <laughs> uh, finishing a diet Pepsi. That's uh, Budney. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Michael, uh, fretboard brewing Fruit Loop IPA. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think 7%. wasn't there's, I think somebody else made a Fruit Loop IPA. Up yeah, that, that's a, at least the second or third one that I've heard. Of. Yeah, so. I think there's a bunch of them out there. Lucas has got a Founders Breakfast Stout. Oh, Founders is great. Yep. Uh, and Skull's drinking an Iowa Brewers Guild Unify Hazy IPA. Hmm. Iowa Brewers Guild. Hmm. Bittersweet Nitro from Left Hand Brewing. Left Hand's great, too. Left Hand's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I've not had the Bitter Hand. They're, uh, just their standard Left Hand Nitro is, is fantastic, yeah. though. Um, I've also had the White. They have, they have a White Nitro. Yeah, they do. That one's pretty uh, good. And just, just their standard shake is excellent. Uh, Daniel's drinking a uh, Shiva's, Shiva's Regal 15-year. Oh, <laughs> hitting the hard stuff already. Yeah. <laughs> and Fancy is drinking water. <laughs> water, there we go. <laughs> good, because I know how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I do have, I know we're already like almost 20 minutes into the show, but I do have a couple of quick packages to open up. Uh, oh, let's do it then. So yeah. Uh, this thing's, I, this thing's really foaming over. So it's take your time. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, so 
first off, this one comes in from, who was this? Uh, James over in Michigan. Now, I know you're on the Discord and I... It's hard. It's so hard for me to keep whose real name is whose fake name apart sometimes. But uh, I did know this one was coming in. And by the way, thank you for sending it in a whale pod. If you've not seen whale pods, they are an amazing way to ship beer because your bottles don't rattle around because there are layers of foam specifically designed to ship a six pack of bottles. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of different layers going down like that. And then your beer sits nice and uh, and friendly, separated from each other. But he sent me over a six pack of Hop Slam. So awesome! Heck yes! Uh, I'm keeping two of these for me. Uh, two of these are going to go to you, Steve, and two of them are going to go to Rhett. Oh, nice! So, I guess is, is I guess does John get one, or am I keeping both? John does not get any Hop Slam. Ah, <laughs> uh, awesome! Even better. That's because I'm sharing something different with John. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, is it? Uh, is it? Is it? Your love? That, that, that's, <laughs> uh, well, yes, actually, kind of. Uh, it, that's what the next box is for. Ah, uh, okay. All right. And again, I know kind of what was coming, but I don't know specifically what was coming. And so I opened the bu- I opened the package and went, oh, it's a it's a mail beer, uh, or it's a beer mailer. And so I, I closed it. So I haven't inspected the individual bottles yet. So. Okay. But this is from OG Root, uh, again, over on the Discord. How's it going, OG? Um, He sent me a six-pack of bottles that are slightly different. Um, Okay. So let me open one of these here. So first up, we have the standard Bourbon County Stout 2020. Awesome. Like this, another standard. This is another standard. So one for me, one for John. There we go. Let's see what's this one? This one is the gray label. This is the Bourbon County Stout Kentucky Fog. Oh, yeah, that's this year's. Kentucky yep. Fog is this yep. year's. 2020. So again, 2020. Mm-hmm. This is the that's Kentucky Fog. Uh, I can't I ha- find any of the flavored ones. I have one of these already. Oh, really? I have one in my fridge, yeah. Oh. Um. I Yeah, I managed to, to snag one of those. So I've, I've, had, I've already had one of the 2020 Bourbon Counties, um, and I have one of the Fogs in my fridge. Uh, so there's another Kentucky Fog. So one for Two me, one for, one for me, one for John. Okay see what's in bag number five. Oh, my friend. Oh, <laughs> this is the Bourbon County Stout brand special number four. This brand one special number four. What's in that one? Uh, notes of mocha, roasted nuts, sweet maple and a touch of blueberry. Ooh, that does sound wonderful. Uh, so it's an oatmeal stout uh, aged in bourbon barrels with coffee and maple syrup. <laughs> like, like this is the the Bourbon County breakfast stout. Yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah. Did you just get one of those or did you get more? I got two of those. Uh, <laughs> well, John, if, so, if you're going to give one to John, I'll trade John for a, for a hop slam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight trade. It'd be fun. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I, I am going to give give John one of each of these. That was our agreement. Um, so John, John gets one of each of these, I hate to say, but I feel for you. And, uh, you know what? I, I will save, you know, what? I can trade you for one of the fogs. If you can find me something unique, I'll, I'll give you one of the fogs. I can get you another lobster beer. <laughs> Let me redefine unique pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could give you one of John's beers. They're always unique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, was it on Twitter earlier this week? Uh, John posted, uh, "If if you're tired of the or for everyone complaining about the the twenty dollar cover and the seven dollar beers, then just stop coming over to my house." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, who was Matt Geek actually tweeted out uh, $7 beers. That doesn't sound too bad. And I said, yeah, but they're John's home brews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they, they, they come with extra fruit. <laughs> uh, so John, uh, boy, I hope you're really happy with, uh, with the beer that you're going to be receiving. Yeah. He does say he has an alchemist for you at his house too. Excellent. 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 I think it's alchemy, not alchemist. It's the alchemist. The alchemist. The alchemist. Yeah. The alchemist. I love that I've reached this point in in my life and in my professional career where <laughs> I'm remembering the names better than you guys are now. Because <laughs> it used to be I would go out drinking with you guys, and there's and a brewery like, oh, that yeah, I've never yeah, heard yeah, of, yeah, yeah. and you've like, oh yeah, I've had this one and this one. Like, holy crap, yeah. I've had 17 of those, and I'm like, I'm just now finding out about these guys. <laughs> and it's not that I was like not cultured. It's just. Yeah. I, I didn't hit all of the spots well, that night. I'm not an untapped nearly as much as I should be. Yeah. And also, you know, John had a tap house. Yeah. Know, so he'd like constantly. Have well, I was there almost the, as much as you were too. Yeah, I so. know. That's true. But he would bring, he would bring stuff home uh, a lot of times because people would, would ply him with like samplers. You know, mm -hmm. here's a can, here's a can, here's a can, right. or whatever. And he'd just take it home. And so, you know, I'd come over and try some of those. Yep. Yep. All or right. We'd go, or we'd go to the because uh, they always had like uh, uh, industry events, like every yes. spring, fall, whatever. And I'd go with them to those, and those were always fun too. All right. So I know that was a long intro. We'll probably end up skipping a good chunk of beer news tonight because we just spent a long time doing beer stuff. Yeah. But let's go ahead and get into some actual news, shall we? Yeah, some uh, some tech it. news and. I'm st I keep staring down at those Bourbon Counties going, boy, even warm. Mm. That sounds really good right now. <laughs> That's probably pretty good warm, actually. Mm. So I will say the same thing that I said, I think, in my review when I did the uh, the Mocha Death review. It's it's an Irish death, and they, they tried to balance it between beer and coffee, and they leaned way too close to the beer, um, where you can kind of get some coffee, it's not the greatest coffee and I wish it was roasty uh, yeah. where it's just like, this is like Folgers added to Irish yeah. death. Well, and there's, there's, and there's no uh, chocolate. I don't want to, I don't want to get too far off before we start tech news, but there's two yeah. ways of like doing a coffee stout. Yeah. There's like brewing coffee and then adding that to your, uh, um, your, your brew. Mm -hmm. And then there's taking actual coffee grounds and steeping your beer in it. And and that's the way I prefer. That's the one that yeah. usually gives you the stronger coffee flavor. Yep. So um, who knows I, what they did, but yeah, I, I'm looking at doing some uh, cold brew whiskey uh, here Ooh, in my house here, here shortly. So just take, you know, cold, 
just take mm -hmm. some coffee grounds and soak it in whiskey. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, let's get into it. All right. So 25 minute mark for those keeping track. Uh, so uh, Google had an announcement earlier this week mm -hmm. that Chrome is no longer going to be compatible with certain devices, with certain uh, CPUs. Yep. Now, I doubt this will have much of an impact on really anyone. Um, no. And when I say really anyone, I mean really anyone. People will say, well, there's some you know developing worlds that still use Pentium 2s. Maybe, maybe. Uh, there might be like some shops out there or something that, you know, I've seen some like storefronts that use ancient computers because they have software on it like as right. a point of sale system it just works right uh, but they're when, not using browsers you know yeah no exactly when i when i sold cameras in college uh for a a fairly large chain not the national chains but a fairly large family-owned chain here in oregon um when i sold cameras we used an ancient uh point of sale system and that was 20 years ago mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and to my knowledge, they still use the same POS point of sale system today. <laughs> was it like an old DOS one or something like it that? It was an old DOS thing yeah, that yeah, had I've manual manual X copy scripts that ran at oh, night. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing was ever in sync because it was it was always two days behind. And yep. yeah, it was it was great. Anyway, uh, so that is to say that Chrome will no longer work on certain old processors. However, they're pretty much all 15-year-old plus processors. Yeah. Thanks to the SSE3 instruction set. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who don't know what that is, instruction sets are things that CPUs are based on. They're, they are uh, just like GPUs are based on different different workflows. You, you have CUDA, which is a specific workflow. You have uh, Tensor, which is a specific AI workflow. You have OpenGL, which is a certain standard that, that graphics cards, it's a certain language that they speak. Um, and so a program will send a graphics card, OpenGL commands, and the graphics card knows how to interpret those. The same kind of thing works with CPUs, but in a um, less parallelized and more single threaded fashion. Uh, so software is written with SSE2, SSE3, uh, AVX instructions. I'm sure you've heard that if you've listened yep. to CPU reviews um, and there's different types of AVX instructions. SSE2 is a type of CPU instruction that was, uh, I believe, introduced with Pentium, Pentium 3, I think, was the first that had SSE 2 instructions. Okay. Um, and I believe uh, Pentium 4 might have introduced, oh no, Pentium 4 was like SSE 2 plus, and then I think when we hit 64 bit is when we introduce SSE three, yeah. when, when like core two duo and, and Athlon 64 is when we introduce SSE three. Anyway, uh, SSE three is now going to be the assumed instruction set for Chrome, which means any SSE two based devices, which goes down into the Pentiums and, and I'm, I'm not yeah. talking like Pentium G 3050. I'm talking like, the Pentium, <laughs> like the first one, yeah. um, you know, leading up to the Pentium three. So I, I don't think the Pentium threes will, will be workable anymore. And, uh, I believe Pentium four even is, is included in that list. So if you're on a single, single processor, yeah. uh, you know, single core processor, you're probably going to be left in the dust here. 
Yeah, they're saying that means processors older than the Intel Core 2 Duo and mm -hmm. AMD Athlon 64. Which So that would be the Pentium D, so Prescott yeah. cores, um, Tualatin cores. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he says Prescott is SS3. Okay, Prescott was SSE3, okay. Um, but it was not a 64-bit instruction set. And so I think that's another differentiating factor. That could factor, be another thing, yeah. I don't uh, think is, is it has to be a 64-bit instruction set. Um, where Prescott did introduce SSE3, but I believe you have to have uh, a 64-bit base. Um, so it finally sounds like someone's leaving 32-bit behind. Maybe Windows can follow suit. Ha-ha. Yeah. And sorry, Rambo found a couple of my boxes. So there's some... Well, I guess RTX voice is on for everyone else. I'm going to have to listen to this for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> He's pouncing on all the bubble wrap and bags that I laid on the ground earlier. Not the Pentium D. Yeah, the Pentium D. And I'd say it could burn in somewhere, but it probably already is. Uh, yeah. So if you're still watching YouTube on a, on a Pentium 3, your days are numbered. Yep, too bad. You yep. got to go back to old Internet Explorer. Yep. <laughs> go back to IE7 or something. Yeah, something like that. Go find some Netscape Navigator. Prescott was 64-bit compliant. Uh, was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? Hmm. I'm going to have to look that up now. <laughs> Before Prescott. Why does 32-bit exist anyway? Because there's a lot of people that still use 16-bit software. We were just yeah. talking about how those old people who still have those old ancient point of sales, those are yep. old 16-bit applications. Yep. I... And they won't, they won't work in a 64-bit environment. Exactly. Uh, now, Windows itself, uh, Windows 10 version 20H2, still includes 16-bit instruction sets for some, yep. some legacy oh, yeah. commands in code that run way, way in the background. I know. Um, and up until the release of Windows 10, Program Manager was still included. Progmon, in the, yeah. Yeah, Progman. Good old Progmon. You could still run Project Manager in Windows 7, and it would open, and it would manage your Windows for you. In fact, you could also <laughs> use it as a shell replacement. You could lo load Prog Program Manager instead of Explorer on Windows 7 and run it like it was Windows 3.1, but with 64-bit instruction sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That might be a video right there. There you go. Running Windows 7 with Program Manager. <laughs> um, I do know there was a video quite a while ago of a guy who upgraded every every Microsoft operating yeah. system into the I next. The yeah. great, video. great I think, video. I think it's pretty old because he only made it up to Windows 7. I think Windows yeah, 7. Yeah, it was, was Windows 7. System. Yeah. Um, so but I'd be really curious to go all the way to... All the way now, you can't upgrade from a 32-bit to a 64. But yeah. since... Windows 20 H2 is still available as a 32-bit offering. There's no reason you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I found a found an XP machine in a body shop warehouse in 2019. <laughs> yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll, I'll counter you with uh, one of the machines that I used to work on in, gosh, the late 2010s was still running DOS 5.0. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. 5.0. That's, that's yeah. from like, 87. 6.0 <laughs> yeah, and 6.2.2 came out in like 92. Up to about two years ago, uh, I still supported some 16-bit applications. Mm -hmm. 
but I made an initiative to get rid of them. I had to, yes. I had to rewrite them, but you know. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Starlink is now open for business, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Uh, Starlink, uh, the internet service provider of Elon Musk's brain, uh, not the provider for his brain. That's a, that's a different network entirely. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking of the, the brainchild of Elon Musk, which is Starlink, which is a satellite based internet serv- internet service provider is now technically live. Uh, you can get high speed internet. Well, not you, but it's live some people, for some yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, so they they finally greenlit it and they're letting people test it out. I know Linus actually got to try it this last mm-hmm. week and I'm really freaking jealous. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, it's now on. Uh they've taken it a step further with uh the the pre-order process, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh I was registered to try to be part of the beta. I haven't heard back if I'm eligible or not or if it's going to be available in my area or not. Um, it should be, I, I have a clear view for most other satellite service. So I'm assuming I should have a clear view for that. Uh, but haven't heard anything, but now if you decide that you want to be placed on a list, you can pre-order and put a down payment for Starlink service. Yeah. Just 99 bucks yep. deposit. That's all you need. Yep. I think if, if your name comes up, you have to, I think, uh, they'll charge you like, uh, 500 bucks on top of that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you watch the Linus Tech Tips video, it looks fairly impressive, way more impressive than the old um, satellite right. technology that used to have. Right, and all that garbage. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, because I was always super skeptical about that, uh, you know, satellite internet. But, you know, Sorry, looked, sorry Rambo has the zoomies, and so... <laughs> for those who, who, Yeah, for those who only think dogs get zoomies, no, Rambo gets zoomies, oh, no. too. Our, uh, our he, cats get zoomies, like, at 3 o'clock in the morning. They yeah, just, like go nuts. Yeah, so does he. Yeah. Um. In fact, uh, my wife got face slammed the other night by him. <laughs> we we were we were dead asleep, and all of a sudden, Rambo runs into our room, and I woke up when he kind of cracked the door because it was it was just barely cracked, and so he opened it up, and uh, and I bolted awake, and I hear him going <laughs> like at the end of our bed, and then he jumps up onto our bed, runs up onto my wife pounces on her face and then bounces off and, and flies down the hallway. She woke up thinking I punched her. <laughs> like, oh. Wow, Jeff, you got some hairy knuckles. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, $99 gets you a pre-order for Starlink. And as soon as your name is called on the list, as long as you live in an eligible yeah. service area, you can connect to uh, pretty decent uh, internet service yeah. connection and cut the cord so to speak uh five dollar super chat uh from den denver lord cat would you stop <laughs> i know no one can hear him but he is zooming in like crazy uh denver uh building control systems still run on 16 bit to replace this means to replace everything this controls hvac doors generators etc i will kind of counter with some microcontrollers that uh, do the interaction with uh, the relay boards and everything else that turns systems on and off. That is 16-bit code a la an Arduino. And there's no reason in the world you couldn't have a command control system that was based in a 64 or 32-bit code base yeah. that 
sent out codes to microcontrollers. That thing happens all the time. Yep. The point is that today, Windows should not have 16-bit code running, but mm -hmm. it does. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... So yeah, uh, I, I I get exactly what you're saying, and and diving into HVAC and and uh, and access control and all that kind of stuff. Trust me, I used to live in that world. I I used to be a part of that world, and I'm so glad I am not anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, boy, if someone could come up with just an open source, hardware agnostic, software agnostic, workable HVAC and access control and security system man they'd be rolling in it just just for the cost of, of support like if you went like the red hat route where you can download linux and then if you want the support package we'll we'll license the servers for you right yeah man you you could be a millionaire overnight if you had a workable system especially if you could command control other people's devices so they didn't have to oh, retrofit start a kickstarter yep <laughs> Most of the modern ones are based on FPGAs and old systems on chip. You are correct. Uh, but for a modern HVAC system, there's no reason it couldn't be microcontrollers and relays. Like, that's all an HVAC system is, is turn on, turn off. That's how ovens work. That's how heaters work. That's how... The only difference is when you start getting into, like, the servo stuff. Open the dampers, but it's cold outside. Close the dampers. Oh, it's kind of warm outside. Open the dampers, Open the dampers, a, dampers little a little bit. more. <laughs> that's the only difference is when yeah. you need like fine control and still yeah. that's a microcontroller. So yeah. you don't need much, honestly. A few years back, they installed a new access control system at work that ran on an Intel 386 system. What? Now, I do know you can get modern system-on-chip systems that are 386, 486, 486 DX compatible. Really? Like, they're FPGAs based on those systems. And you can actually get them fairly inexpensively. Um, uh, probably the Mr. 486 is the most famous one uh, for, for being a 486 replica that actually mimics identically 486 performance and and for the most part connectivity as well you can get a mister and hook up isa cards to it and and still Ooh. use your legacy cards wow. in this system um i've been i've i've looked a couple of times at playing around with something like that uh and there's actually also some socs that perfectly emulate like pentium 90s and and things like that so if you want to even have the hardware for that or you don't have to the thing oh, is, just, it's just all, to emulate it, right? Right. Okay. Um, right. So, coming shortly to the Patreon, uh, I do have um, 486 compatible. Does it have a turbo button? Uh, it might, because <laughs> that was actually a function. With, but what what most people don't understand is the turbo function uh, turned off EMC and yeah. and and clocked you down. Yeah. And uh, so turning on the turbo button lowered your system performance. The turbo button was meant so you could run legacy systems that were timing based off of yeah. like a 286 clock, like 12 yeah. megahertz or something like that when your system's running at 66. Because you would be running it and it runs so fast, it's turboed. And you'd be like, oh, turn, turn that turbo off. Turn it on. It goes, goes back down. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, so I... 
I've thought about picking up an FPGA or, or a 486, you know, SOC a couple of times. Uh, it, it's a, it's an avenue that I, eBay is a hell of a drug. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's an avenue that I do venture down sometimes go, I wonder if this could make a good video. I mean, yeah, I guess for like yeah. people who love old, obscure software. Right. Uh, hardware, or, you know, whatever you want to play something super old or do something super, super. Yeah. Old so, so I will say, I will say middle of last year towards late last year, I did purchase a Pentium system that I plan on rebuilding and, Ooh. and kind of modernizing, but also like if you had that available in the day, you would have done the same thing. So giving it some modern conveniences, but still keeping OG parts, like, okay. like trying to keep the theme of it original, but modern networking and, and a couple other like conveniences, like I need to add files to this and it'd be nice to have faster storage and it'd be nice to have this and that. I'm not going to like fire up an old 40 pin SCSI drive or something, some crap like that. <laughs> uh, but I do want to keep that OG Pentium processor in it, uh, mm. which by the way, I do have a Pentium one, two sixty six with MMX. I think I so have a, the fastest Pentium ever made. Yeah. Yeah. I think I have the, I think I have an old Pentium pro processor sitting around too. Oh, nice. You yeah. have a board for it? No, no, I just, it's just a chip. I, I would love to get my hands here. Here I go shilling again, like hoping someone <laughs> in the audience is listening. Uh, old I would around. love to get my hands on an old dual Pentium pro board. Oh, like I yeah. always wanted to play yeah. with one. Yeah, man. <laughs> I've, I've, I've almost bought one so many times. <laughs> Quote of the year. eBay is a hell of a drug. You have yes. no idea. <laughs> there are things that I've bought for the channel that you guys have never seen because I still don't know how to put them into a video, but Jeff wants to bring beige computers back. Oh yeah. I, I do have a certain, yeah. Uh, so there's another video that's coming up hopefully later this week. Um, I can't show you right now because it's kind of, it's still attached, but I'm building my dream PC from 2012. And I'm going to test 2012 era games and decide if it and and if it, tell you if it was a good idea or not. Well, 2012, you're going to go because uh, that's that's still SLI they had back then. Are you going to do SLI? Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm doing SLI. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say but not not too many not too many. Oh, you're going to do oh okay <laughs> not just two or okay. <laughs> yep, four what's though. 88, I don't know. What are you going to do? No, no, no. no. Uh, yep. You'll have to tune in. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Starlink is up. I don't know how we got into vintage hardware, but there it is. I don't know how it is. <laughs> um, you found this next one. This one I was not yeah. aware of. I hadn't seen this before, but I'm I haven't really either. intrigued. Yep. I'm always intrigued by new display technology and new display technology that doesn't on the surface feel like a joke. This doesn't feel like some some hokey Kickstarter. I mean, the video is kind of hokey and Kickstarter-y. Um, but uh, overall, the tech looks pretty promising yep. for what it's able to do. So uh, they are uh, looking glass. So this is the looking glass portrait. They are framing this as the world's first consumer holographic display. 
Um, now, I would argue that the 3DS was a thing, and a thing that I still use. Um, in fact, that's been most of my gaming for the last week or so, has been, I've been gaming on my 3DS. I've uh, already played through uh, uh, Link Between Worlds, and I'm on Ocarina of Time 3D, the, the high-texture remake, uh, which is awesome, by the way. Nothing like playing Zelda Ocarina of Time oh, with, yeah. with uh, actually good textures and 60 FPS in 3D. Like, it's it's amazing. But anyway, uh, so 3DS aside, they're saying this is the world's first holographic display, and it has a leg up on the 3DS in that it is a true multi-angle, non-eye tracking, glasses-less, headset-less, multi-person holographic display. And so there have been displays before that have, you know, a pair of cameras for eye tracking or facial Mm. recognition or something like that, that will tune the display to the angle that the viewer is looking at it, but only for one viewer at a time. This display promises you can have 10 people crowded around it and they'll still and see each person will see a unique angle. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. That is. And pretty cool. the thing is the effect also shows up on, on video. It like shows up you on can camera. Film yeah. It. If you, if you watch the video, it's actually pretty impressive with some right. of the things that they do. So, and, and they have not just not just you know still images and stuff like that. You can also import right uh, models. You can this um, do live video. Is recorded live. This is not CGI. This is recorded live from a camera on the display. And and I gotta say I am super impressed. So they have a couple of different uh, cameras that they're uh, touting work with this as well. So Intel mm. RealSense cameras. You can use a Kinect camera from the Xbox. Um, anything that will give you point mesh holographic data, mm-hmm. you can capture holographic images with and then view them here. Uh, it also works with the iPhone portrait mode because that kind of does a background foreground separation. Now you don't get true 3D with that because obviously the iPhone only has one camera that it's shooting with at a time, but the effect is very much real. And, uh, and so you end up with kind of like a, like a cutout or a, a light box image with the, uh, the iPhone portraits. You can do things like face replacement where you can generate real-time 3D images. You can interact with applications using Unity or, or Unreal plugins. By the way, hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, it's just impressive. This is really cool. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, they're saying view, view Maya and, and Blender assets in mm-hmm. real-time 3D. Uh, and, and from multiple angles, you know, just depending on how you look at it. Um, yeah. Tyler guessed right. Tyler guessed right. Oh, Tyler guessed right. I gotta go back and look. Oh yeah. It's very recent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tyler guessed right. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Good man, Tyler. Kind of. He said two. You said. Yeah. (laughs) Well, those are dual GPU cards. Okay. That's okay. It's still four. <laughs> By the way, it's also in a micro ATX case. Ooh, okay. <laughs> wow. Four-way SLI micro ATX. Nice. Oh, yes. It's going to be a tight case. Oh, yes. Tight. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is also the system that I built myself in 2012, but now I'm improved. Like, I sold this to, to a really good friend of mine, and I recently bought it back, <laughs> and then I improved it. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the way, it still had the graphics card that I used back in the day. Oh, the XFX, yeah. Which is the XFX uh, 6870. Um, 
but I always wanted more. I always wanted more than that could give me. Like it was a really good card. I loved the 6870. Oh, yeah. But man, four GTX 690s or two two 690s with four It'd be interesting to see what Kepler K102 cores. Yeah. Or GK104. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It's a ball and little system. So stay tuned. Um but yeah, no, this this display genuinely looks exciting. It mm-hmm. it genuinely looks like something that could reach a consumer market, that could have a use case, and that the effect actually will work. Um, so this team has only been working on this since 2018 as well. So this is actually a fairly recent product that they're trying to develop. And uh, there's no real talk of a release date, but no. they are working on, they're not sure what they're going to do, if they're going to crowdfund it, if they're just going to do direct sales or what. But uh, yeah, it it's a pretty impressive display, to say the least. Yeah, it's and, too bad that you know CES wasn't because something like this would probably be live at some oh heck yes. like there right. And if we went this year, it probably might have been there. Yeah, but who knows? Maybe next year. Yep. So yeah, hopefully next year. Hopefully next year. Uh, kind of it's Rhett's year again, I think, because you know John missed his year. <laughs> I'm such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> how how are you working on yours? Oh, I'm almost there. You know, at first I didn't really like this that much. Uh-huh. But now that I'm working on it, it's not that bad. So this is the Alchemist. Which one was this again? This was this the... is this is the the focal banger. Focal banger. That's right. And just like just like Hetty Topper, I wasn't super impressed with it. And I'm not mm. super impressed with this either. But I understand because this is an early, early hazy IPA. Not too right. many this is this is the first uh, the grandfather of all hazy ipas yes. so i get that it's not like you know the super citrusy you know yeah. type of ipa but now that i'm getting like towards the end it's like you know what this is a solid ipa it's not like as impressive as like say great notion or anything like that right. but um, it's, it's not bad i will say it's kind of the opposite so spoiler alert for tomorrow's video i have a video uploaded already it's it's going live first thing tomorrow morning um but the beer in it that i had was a hazy ipa it was the Ex Novo Strat Your Stuff, which... Oh, yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, again, one of the many beers I've bought only for the can art and the name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, hold on, I got to let the cat out. <laughs> one sec. <laughs> that cat, yeah. I can make sure all my cat's gone before I start the thing. I still rock a GTX 690. Ah. All right. My Windows 7 build. It's time for... Tyler to upgrade. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I took a drink and I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's good. That's, mm-hmm. it's not citrusy in like an orange sense, but it's very right. citrusy, very tropical. Uh, it's it's actually creamy in texture. Mm-hmm. Like it's very smooth and, and whatnot. And I went, it's a little bit burny on the back end. And I kind of yeah. worry about that. And then I think I was three ounces in and I went. And it was just like. Yep, it's a hazy. Yeah, it's like any other hazy I've ever had. Yeah, I like yep. the first two ounces, and from there on, it's the same exact hazy I've ever drank. It's it's when they have that big acid burn. Yeah, that it just it just eats away at your taste buds, and, and everything after that just start tasting the same. And the thing is, it was such a wonderful flavor. Like yeah. it was so good for three ounces, but it was a pint. It was sixteen yeah. ounces. So thirteen of those ounces I didn't enjoy. <laughs> That's why I've been like. 
taking my hazies. Every time I have a hazy, I'll just split it with somebody. Yeah. Usually my wife or, or John or somebody else. I'll save it until, you know, somebody I can share it with. Because if I drink the whole thing, it's just going to be going towards the end. Some right. of them, some of them, not not like that. Some of them, some not, of them have surprised often. me. Some of them have surprised me. And they, but if I see hazy the on the side, I always, I always kind of hesitate, especially if it's yeah. a four pack. I go, do I really want to like buy a four pack and then not be happy after two ounces <laughs> of a beer? I don't have anyone to share them with because my wife yeah. has celiac disease. She can't right. have any. She can't have any beer, wheat, yeah. barley, or rye products, yeah. which kind of sounds weird in my household, right? <laughs> Well, no, it's just more for you. That's what it is. Right, exactly. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and open my next one. Okay, and I'm then almost we will, done. And then we will get into one of our cover stories, uh, which is the CD Projekt Red hack. Yes. This is big news. Big news. All right. All right. So this is, again, Cascade Brewing's Mayan Verbonic 2017. Oh, that cork is in there. Good. Ha. Ooh. You'd like this one. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I had my mic down because I'm trying to finish this thing off. Oh, dang it. I started pouring into the wrong glass. Oh, well. oh, man. I had a taster glass here waiting for it, and I poured it into my IPA glass. Oh, well. It was pretty much empty. Yeah, I I had one of these here just for this beer. And okay. I guess I'm drinking out of a pint glass. All right. Boy, the pepper is right there. Okay, so I got this. I got it polished off, so I'm going to do... Do your lobster I'm gonna, stout? I'm going to do the lobster stout. Rock lobster! Rock lobster! Bird, bird, bird. Well, it doesn't smell fishy. That's good. It doesn't, <laughs> right. smell, like, it doesn't smell like the wharf. So I, I have a rule. I do not eat seafood. And when I say seafood, I mean seafood, not just like fish. Seafood, right. more than two hours inland. More than a two-hour car's oh, ride yeah. inland. Because I know that crap ain't fresh. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Whenever we go to the coast, that's when we usually get. There's a few places that I go to that I know has fresh because it's right by the docks and and was caught that day. Yes, and like caught that's that how I eat seafood. Um, yeah. And and there's there's places that I can go in in Eugene and and Portland that yeah. you know it was caught three days ago. Yeah, like, and it's still super fresh. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, ironically, one of the worst seafood meals I've ever had was mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Which you would think would be It's It's good. the bay. Yeah. It's the bay. Yeah. And it was, now, now it was uh, a, like a seafood Alfredo. So it was mm-hmm. linguine Alfredo sauce. It was some scallops. It was oh, yeah. cod and a couple other things. It's probably all frozen stuff in there. It was awful. Oh, yeah. The scallops were undercooked and gritty and just, Ugh. like they were beyond bad uh yeah it was the only bad meal i had the week i spent in san francisco that week and i was so disappointed it was like this little jazz bistro right on main street oh and like you a block from good, the mission right? like yeah. like this place has to be hopping it has to and, be good right it has to be good there there uh me and my wife ate there and it was the worst meal either of us had really ever had 
Ugh. Like, it was just awful. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, I, I have uh, no idea how a place like that can exist in that location and not be one of the best meals you've ever had. Yeah, exactly. I don't understand it. What off, I guess. Okay. First impression. Not bad. Um, it's stouty. It's got that mapleness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of saltiness in the back, which is probably the lobster, or the 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 not too too pronounced, but not very woody or oaky or anything like that from the from the fur. Um, it just it just kind of tastes like a like a sweet stout mm-hmm. with a little bit of maple to it. Yeah. So that's not too bad. I ain't hating it. Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not horrible. <laughs> no, it's not horrible. Um, so this one's interesting. This one's very okay. interesting. Um, a lot of pepper right on the nose, mm-hmm. like that cayenne just kind of it. It's peppy. It's very peppy. What was it um, called again? This is the Mayan Bourbonic from the Bourbonic, Bourbonic. Plague series. Yes, the, Bur- the Bourbonic Plague. Mm-hmm. So it's a bourbon barrel aged porter with cocoa, cinnamon, cayenne pepper, and dates. Okay. Um, but it's also a sour porter. Um, and so the the sourness really isn't bad. It's not super tart. It's not. It's definitely not awful. I'm not getting really any of those flavors. Now, Cascade is typically the the sour. They do like a lot of the sour. Right, stuff. they do a lot of sour stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, now, what, yeah, fresh, what year is that? 2017. That the, 2017. Yeah. But I'm not getting bourbon. I'm not even getting porter. I'm mm. getting like a moderate sour ale. Hmm. Um, I'm not getting chocolate. I'm not getting cinnamon. I get cayenne pepper on the nose. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting dates. I'm not getting any nuttiness or earthiness or anything like that that would come from that. I'm not getting oak. I'm not getting. Like, no, it's a sour. It's a sour ale. It gets a it gets a four point one seven on Untapped, the two thousand seventeen. I think that might just be from expectations. Could be. It could be. I mean, you 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 eat with your eyes first. Yeah, and and you read the label and you go. Dang, that sounds good. And so you'll, and so at some points you'll convince yourself that's going to be good. Mm -hmm. I've kind of learned to ignore my eyes when when I'm tasting beer. Now I still eat with my eyes first when it comes to food, but I've I've learned to just drink and and just try (laughs) and and react naturally. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's there's been plenty of beers where I had something listed on the label saying this is the ingredient, and I tried it and I tasted none of it. Yep. Um, like I, I taste no lobster in this. I mean, I taste some slight saltiness to it, which is probably just briny, whatever. Right. A little bit of brine. Right. A little bit of brine is is probably what it is, and it's a, kind of what I was expecting. I didn't think think this thing was going to taste like lobster. I mean, there's oyster stouts out there, which is pretty common actually. But... If this tasted like it smelled, it'd be wonderful. Mm. Like there's maybe, like a maybe, real deep whiff in the bottle. Like maybe I'm, you gotta inhale while you drink. Like I'm here. Uh. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden, yeah, someone spaceballs mean this. <laughs> Perrier. 
I, I am I am that far deep into the bottle and I smell chocolate and I smell pepper and and I smell cinnamon. Like I, I can get all those out of the aroma from the bottle. I only get pepper on the nose out of the glass, and I only get sour ale, like mild sour ale, out of the flavor. Like it's just yeah. diminishing returns the further it gets to your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean for most for the most part, Cascade and their and their standard sours are are excellent. They're they're my favorite. Right. right. No, they're they're really, really good. I I have yeah. really high expectations for this one too. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like a lot of people love the guard. I mean, I like the guard a lot too, but I, like I still right. I still think Cascade's better, personally. That's just my opinion. Uh Michael says, is it still cold? Uh some flavors come through when it's a bit warmer. This is uh it's not room temp yet, but it's definitely not cold. It's probably 45, if not a little warmer. Yeah. Like, it's right where you should probably serve it. In fact, this says serve at 40. So I'm probably right in that ballpark. Yeah. Where, where it should be. Right. Mm. I don't know. Just sip on it for a while. I mean, you might start start tasting different, different notes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> a lot of pepper. It's got pepper. It's got it's got pepper and it's sour. I, I okay. don't know what more to say. Um but it's not like a rhubarb sour, it's not like a blueberry sour, it's not like a it's just an interesting sour. It's not bad. It's not bad by any means. It's definitely not a four point one. But it's not what you because you you might have hyped it up in your head too. I, I think I did, but yeah. even then well, that's, a 4. The same 1. Thing, that's the same thing with like the 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 you know, the heady topper and then this one right here. Because yeah. everybody touts about how good they are and how great they are. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to try it. Right. Then I try it. It's like, this just kind of tastes like any other it's IPA you had. It's, right. it's pretty good. But right. I mean, it's not it's like outstanding. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> free real estate t-shirt. No, no. It's free real estate sweater. Yeah. The free sweatshirt. real estate sweatshirt. It's, yeah. it's free real estate. Free real estate. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it. So CD Projekt Red announced, I believe it was on Friday, uh, that they were the victim of ransomware and uh, data exfiltration. Mm-hmm. Translated, they've been hacked. Um, so they had uh, a large number of their servers crypto locked and uh, uh, the hackers contacted them asking, asking for a ransom as usually happens with this. And CD Projekt Red responded and said, we don't negotiate with this kind of crap. We won't be a target of it. They were stored from backup. They suffered real no, like, data loss or anything like that. Right. And they confirmed no customer records were lost. Nothing Nothing was lost. That just was... Source code. Well, they didn't say what was lost at the time. Right. They just said, at the moment, there is zero customer impact. Right. And that remains true today. There is no customer impact from the CD Projekt Red hack. There might be a CD Projekt Red impact, though. Uh, and uh, some people and some unsurprising, some rather surprising players are actually trying to keep this under wraps a little bit. Uh, so CD Projekt Red announced earlier today, after they were kind of forced to announce because the hackers put the the trove up for auction, Yes, that what the hackers actually got away with was the full source code for the Gwen card game, uh, The Witcher 3, uh, one of The Witcher 3 DLCs, and Cyberpunk 2077. Ugh. 
Um, so they're asking, the starting price asking is a million bucks. And, and they said the price will likely go up uh, because that's kind of what happens in, in these events is someone has money and someone will try to pay for it. Um, however, there's a couple, like I said, very unlikely players that are rising up to, to this data breach and trying to protect CD Projekt Red. And that's Mega Upload and mm -hmm. 4chan. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> right. Um, they have been, I guess, killing threads and killing download links left and right on both platforms, uh, in, in the name of like, not necessarily like preserving CD Projekt Red's honor, but, but people being jerks, but people <laughs> like, being yeah. jerks. Yeah, I know. Like ransoming people's own hard right. work and stuff like that. Yeah, GG 4chan. Who, who, who yeah, would have saw on. that coming in 2021? Hey. Who knows? Um, but yeah, according to VX Underground, part of the source code has been uh, they, they've given a couple like nuggets of of source code from the from the Gwent card game, uh, and like I said, starting bid of uh, it, I believe the starting bid was a million dollars, not not a thousand dollars. I think that was a what the heck? I did. I just wanted to highlight it. <laughs> Too bad you went to Twitter. Yeah, I believe that should be a million dollars, not a thousand dollars, but a thousand dollars. Okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the ransomware offers, uh, author said they will only be releasing the auction on. Uh, where was it at? Yeah, CD Projekt Red has ransom data leaked online. Uh, starting bid on exploit. So if you know that website. Number one, you probably shouldn't bid on this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, unless you want some uh, not so friendly people knocking on your door with a heck of a lot of power and no warrant necessary. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't mean that. I always ask to see a warrant. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Though. Not a good day I to mean, be CG Project Red. No, no. I mean, especially with that blowback, blowback they get from uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is what version of the code? I don't think they've ever said, because I remember way back when, when like the Half-Life 2 source code got, right. well, right. It, the early release got leaked and everything like that. And it was like, well, this is like an ancient build, whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. Go ahead, release it. We don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, even if this is an old release, see, Cyberpunk 2077 is super buggy right now. Right. Is someone actually going to go digging through the code and fix all the bugs? I <laughs> 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 It's gonna get patched out of out of it's. It's like okay, yeah, this is ancient. This is gonna be ancient code in about six months. Right. The thing is, these are even not multiplayer online games. Yeah. These are these aren't games these are that you play, can yeah. like inject code to and steal people's right. data with. Yeah. Because they don't play online. And in fact, no. if you have the the good old games version of them both, they're DRM free. They're, I know. There's no communication outside your PC whatsoever. So so the most you can do is compile it yourself and distribute it. But there's probably pirate sites out there doing it already. So, I, I mean, outside of like maybe some proprietary algorithms that may be specific to those games, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, and the Witcher 3, they say they have Witcher 3 source code too, right? Right. Yeah, with Witcher 3, Gwent, and CDPR. Or but and, that's been, uh, Witcher 3 has been out forever. And you can pick that up for like 10 bucks, 15 bucks yeah, on yeah. sale. So uh, 
I mean, is it really worth a million dollars? I mean, right. I guess the biggest concern is probably Cyberpunk 2077. Right. Uh, and and I, I mean, the, the graphics were great and everything like that. And there might be some proprietary coding in there that m- may be interesting. But I, I mean, what 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 really are they doing that's so special that other development, you know, houses aren't doing too? I have no idea. So I, it I, just, yeah. I mean, it is it is their own engine. I, I will give give CD Projekt Red that they developed mm-hmm. their their own game engine, right? Um, and if you have the horsepower to run it, Cyberpunk is a beautiful game with a heck of a lot of yep. of depth and visual detail and everything else. Yep. Part of that's to the the texture and the modeling staff. Part of that's due to the engine that it was built in. And so there's definitely good information within that source code. But how usable is it? What would someone do with it? Right. Those questions are very much up in the air. Yeah, it's very, very much up in the air. And how yeah. complete is the code? They never really said how much complete is the code set. Because a lot of times these big development projects are comp- compartmentalized. Usually yes. there's teams and yes. they have multiple servers. And even if they have the source code, if they don't have the, the um, you know, like the texture resources and the mesh yep. models and everything like that packaged with it, it it's kind of useless it's you just useless have right. at that point yeah uh so, yeah no microsoft uh we talked about this like a month ago that microsoft got hacked and i guess they they leaked part of the source code of like windows xp or something like that and microsoft goes whatever that was like one department that developed a WordPad. release yeah. it yeah, <laughs> yeah um and so yeah when you are a large corporation when you are developing this massive code base Mm-hmm. You're often departmentalized and you're often compartmentalized. And that's the the key factor here is the source code rarely sits in one location unless it's ready to be compiled. Yeah. And uh, and it only sits ready to be compiled when you're ready to make a release. You say, OK, every every department, you know, put your release files in, in this folder. Mm-hmm. We're going to scan for multiple locations and, and build this this particular version. Right. And that's what happens. Yeah. It's it's not like the source code is available in cp2077.zip. It's <laughs> yeah. it doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah. There there's there's code archiving, there's version there's a uh, version control, there's I mean yep. as a programmer you know all of that. Oh yes, of course. Um but it multiple doesn't work like that. Multiple things do multiple things that build into one thing. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean someone's saying there's that, not okay. one guy cracking away on a typewriter, ha- no. you know, cranking out the the source code for for Windows 10. It doesn't yeah. work like that. Multiple people work on multiple things with multiple commits daily. Mm-hmm. Daily, there's com- multiple commits. So if they're so, using any kind of like version control stuff like that, I yeah. guarantee you that that code is probably even now out of date. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be, you know, it could be very complete, but it's still old. I guarantee it. Yeah. If they got a complete version, like a complete modern build version, that mm-hmm. even to me would be surprising. Um so, the, but the fact is, they got some data. They they they, they got, got data. Something. It is source code. But do they have a complete decompiled source code? Do they have a, a complete source code? That's the other question. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's there there's there's someone that's in the chat here that's saying that yeah, they can use it to cut down for building their own engine, so they don't have to pay for you know royalties for Unity or Unreal. If they got the engine source code. If they got the engine source code, yeah. Right. Maybe it's just the source code for the AI, or maybe who knows if it's a complete source code or not. If if they use a custom compiler, could you even do that? 
Yeah. Because that's uh, a thing. Yeah. They, they thing built too. an engine and maybe the engine has a compiler in it. Has if a comp- you, proprietor compiler too. You Who might knows? not be able to compile the source code. Like yeah. that's yeah. that's a whole other argument I there. I mean, chances are it's probably C++. It's probably I mean, C++. Come on. Yeah. yeah, it's probably C++. I'm, I'm giving them a lot of credit here, but yeah. I figured I'd venture down that road. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we did get a $5 super chat. Thank you, Michael. I ended up getting into an argument with a CD Projekt Red developer about the quality of their code base. Well, oh. that's just that's just mean. <laughs> because you could talk to any programmer about the quality of their code base. And I complain to me about the quality of my code base. Right. Well, <laughs> that's because you wake up the next morning and go, what the hell was three like, beer oh Steve thinking God. about this one? Oh, that's exactly right. Overshot that bomber peak. Exactly. It did. Uh, yeah. Uh, Andrew says, Andrew says, I did validation for Intel graphics control interfaces. Um, we had different devs for different features. Uh, we would compile server, compile server different subsets every night. Exactly. And so you have a, a current release directory that you drop your current source into. Yep. And, and you make those commits uh, via, and, and it's not even like someone drags and drops. It's I'm committing this to the current source repository with version control in place and everything else. Mm-hmm. And whenever whoever's job it is to compile it they grab all the all the you know current version sources and they put them all together but they're not in one location there's not a you know the intel graphics stack isn't sitting in one single folder that says you know current version dash real this time dash 2.0 dash i'm serious dash for (laughs) for effing sake like it doesn't use my file structure (laughs) yeah uh, I'm I'm sure you've done that with projects where you go to compile and you go, oh crap, I need changes. Oh crap, I need just. Oh crap, I need just. And and but you're saving the the source to the same directory or saving for me, it's like a, a video project to the same directory or something like that. Yeah. And and you go, okay, revision two, revision three, revision three point one, revision. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> oh man, I work yeah. I work with the guy. Just he drives me nuts because he he's he's more of a sales marketing type mm-hmm. of a guy. And he, he, he contacts me for help every once in a while, but whenever he makes like any change to, cause he has his own like versioning system. So every time he makes a change, he doesn't do like a save. He does a save as, and then he's like, okay, this is point blah, blah, blah. This is point. Blah. And, and just, it's just like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. And if he makes like three changes to it, well, let me save this as a different version because I might want to go back. And I'm like, have you ever gone back? I mean, have you ever really gone back? He's like, no, nah, not really. And like, maybe once or something. <laughs> yeah. And like, after a while, you have so many versions, it starts getting confusing. It's like, I, I, I understand that if you release it and give it to somebody to present it, and they come back for something else, and then for you revisions, can give, right. yeah, for revisions, then you give it another revision. But if you're working on it and you save it like every other change that you make, that's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, come up and says quality of code base is directly proportional to deadlines. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Absolutely. Yep. Here, take this Band-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. <laughs> Everybody starts out with good intentions, but towards the end, it's Band-Aid on top of Band-Aid on top of Band-Aid. Yep. Developers, 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 <laughs> developers, developers, developers. Yeah. Developers, 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 developers. Yes. 
Exactly. Steve's been on stage six seconds. He's already sweating. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. I I don't recommend you go and bid on the CD Projekt Red leak. Right. Because bad things will probably happen to that. Yeah. As long as you're in a an extradition country with either of those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, like, it may... Somewhere China or Russia... Someone might get a hold of it. I'm I'm sure it's, it's going to be one it's of probably those. where it's from. I guess yep. probably who hacked it. Yep. I'm guessing. Um. So you maybe expect some knockoff games with hacked up. Um, <laughs> hacked the mods up, are going to uh, get a lot. City Project though. Red Engine. Yeah. 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 Maybe. That that who knows? But yeah, I don't I don't I don't know if they're I don't think CD Project Red's really. I'm, I'm sure they're upset, security wise. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're probably pissed off that somehow somebody got into their systems. Right. But I'm sure they're not super concerned about it really hitting their bottom line, to be honest. Andrew with fighting words, $5. You say uh, multiple versions is ridiculous. How many times do you save in Skyrim? And I'm assuming you mean in case you need to go back. You son of a. (laughs) (laughs) It's not how many times I had to go back. I need those saves. How many? It's like, you know what? I want to be, I want to be a magic user. And then like about. An Crap, hour I'm a stealth in. assassin again. It's a stealth assassin. Stealth, 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 stealth archer. <laughs> stealth archer, yeah. <laughs> like, dang it. It's just so versatile. Myself, magic use it. <laughs> Every single time. Stealth archer, stealth archer. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I fell into that same trap. I, yeah. I played Skyrim for... 190 hours, 200 hours, something like that. I, I beat stealth it archer with, almost every time. I, I beat it with a stealth archer, and then every single time I start, I start doing the magic user, and I'm like, no, nah, stealth archer is just easier. Yeah. You know, the the magic's just not quite doing it. I don't have the range no. that I, I want. I mean, apparently, I'm, I'm getting... I mean, I, I've heard some people who get to the end game and being a magic user is pretty fun because yeah. it's versatile and you're pretty powerful. Yeah. But, I just but it takes so point. long. It's oh, such it a so grind to, get, to yeah. get to that point, yeah. though. That stealth archer, man, you can up your bow skill to a hundred in oh, like three yeah. hours. And you could sit there, you'd just be creeping along in a dungeon. It's like, oh, look at that guy over there. Dead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, let's go walk over there. Yeah, I remember <laughs> oh, like boss guy, let's sneak up to him. <laughs> like I remember like I'm 90 minutes into the game and I'm already at like level 25 for bow or something like that. Yeah. And I'm putting all my experience in there. And and the magic happens when you get 2x for stealth shots 2.5x yeah, for stealth yeah, shots exactly just for like the couple of, of perks and like by level 30 i think you're almost 3x and yeah. uh now i remember doing raids like an hour and a half or two hours into the game where i'm just sitting like 100 yards outside the walls picking guys off the top of them <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> you just sit there yeah i know that's what it it's like and this is like with a hunting bow and iron arrows like i'm not yeah. even trying yet yeah see me again when i've got ebony yeah, the ebony bow, the ebony arrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, perfect build. Any slim profile setups? Yeah, actually, I just got a GTX 1070 katana. So yeah, you missed it at the beginning. Or or my Xbox One S case mod that's coming up. Yeah, that also is going to be very small form factor. Probably the smallest form factor I've ever built in that Xbox. It's been challenging. <laughs> But well, it's we going talk- to fit. We were talking about Skyrim, and he says perfect build, slim. And I thought, well, Khajiits are pretty slim, right? Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm I'm usually a dark elf. Oh, okay, they're pretty slim too. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're tall and gangly. I, yeah. I I relate, very much relate. All right, uh, Epic. So Epic, yes. uh, makers of the Unreal Engine, not just a weird game store, yeah. uh, have 
said that they are going to release a sneak peek of a piece of software they're calling MetaHuman. MetaHuman Creator, yeah. Which uh, has been used a couple of times, maybe not to a lot of people's knowledge, but there's been a lot of talk about AI-generated faces and characters lately. And I guess this is one of the main tools that's been behind that. And they're going to let you play with it. Yep. Um, so I've seen these stories before that like every person in this photo doesn't exist. Like I've, I've totally seen, I've seen those before too. Yes. Right. But we've never been able to like, like I've seen like the, the 4k, uh, AI super sampled like footage from the Mm -hmm. 1920s, Mm -hmm. but I've never seen that tool available. So I could ump sample DS nine on my own. Right. (laughs) to see what it looks and like and use the technology like it should be used <laughs> god dang it i want to remaster every single thing i have on vhs right now right <laughs> i i have a voyager library and a ds9 library sitting there just begging for a little bit of tensor like just yeah. just so give just it a to little, me. just a little upscaling come on right we can do come it. on come on i i've got cards <laughs> um but uh, yeah, Epic is releasing a a beta or a sneak peek of their meta human creator, which is a yeah. what they say a high fidelity digital human made easy. Yeah, and it's it's basically like any kind of character creator in a video game on steroids. Right. You're going to be able to adjust so many different things uh, on this thing, and the beauty of this thing it's what they're stout, touting it as. It's kind of a quick shortcut for uh, developers who want a good human model mm-hmm. uh, so they can go into this system. It's going to be an online system. Just go into the browser, go in there and start making their model that they want to make. And then they can sit there and export it. It'll export right into uh, Unreal Engine. 3DS, uh, Maya, Unreal. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it'll, well, it'll export as, as a standard asset. Yeah, exactly. As a standard asset. So it's basically you're modeling your character like you're modeling a character in, you know, a video game and right. then you just hit export and it's yours. You can use it in whatever whatever way you want. Right. So um I expect many, many um experimental Unreal games starring Hulk Hogan and uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> whatever people come up with. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been waiting for some of this AI accelerated tech to start trickling down to you and I, like I, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of these cool things. Like I said, 4k upsampling for, yep. for old videos, uh, uh, AI processing for, for human faces and, and, and things yeah. like that. There's bound to be a time when you and I can actually use that for practical applications and yeah. This is a cool release. This is a very, very cool release. Yeah, this is very cool. I mean, even if you're not going to use it for, you know, creating a game or whatever, probably just playing with it would be a lot of fun. Right. I, I, I agree whatever. with yeah. that. Right. I mean, I remember when... I have uh, spent well many more hours than I'd like to admit in a lot of different tech demos. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, just like playing the, the very The very first demo for the creature creator for Spore, <laughs> I played with that more than I played the game. Mm-hmm. I played with the creature creator more than I played with the game. And that came out for free. Yeah. And it was like, I'm just going to play with this. And it was right. like a lot of fun and right. like a million. No, I think it was $5. Well, I think, I think was they, five bucks. they think they released it for free at once. Well, maybe, a, maybe. A no, I think it was $5. Because <laughs> I, I, I have a disc somewhere for the creature okay. creator that I spent money on. I could have swore it was free at one point, but no. it could have been. No, know, I, I think it was, like, I think it was super cheap. It was like five bucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
but yeah, it, uh, that was that was just a heck of a lot of fun. It was more fun than the game. Yeah, and honestly, it was more fun than the game. And this is probably going to be something that's going to be fun just to play with. And I, I guarantee when it comes out, and I, I don't know if they're going to, they might have it so that if you want to export it to these different things, you have to pay money or pay a subscription to use right. the service. If you want to just play with it online, mm -hmm. play with it online. Who cares? Well, Unreal usually has pretty good licensure uh, for yes, it as well. Like, yeah. like you can use Unreal for free so long as you don't make more than like $2 million a year. Right, exactly. And, and, you, and, can, and, you can mess with engines as much as you want. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can release games as long as you don't yeah. make more than that money. And then yeah. your license is just uh, a fraction of, of whatever money you make right. off the game. Yeah. So, yeah, they've always been pretty good as far as licensure goes, especially to, you know, entry-level creators and, right. and experimenters. So Yeah, people who just want to mess with it. And it's yeah. like, and that's kind of the way to do it, really. Yeah. I fully agree. Uh, I, I wish more software did that. I know. I mean, like... Although I'm really glad Adobe doesn't grow with your scale because I'm still only paying $50 a month for the entire <laughs> Adobe suite. So. Yeah. Hey, you know, I've made way bad. more money on Adobe than I've spent. So yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then, of course, I mean, you know, for somebody who just wants to mess around with Adobe, that's kind of a steep, steep right? Kind it's, of way. It's fifty dollars a month for just messing. Well, it's way around better with than it. the three hundred dollars per per piece of software you used to have. To right. Pay. Yes. Exactly. Uh, twenty dollars super chat, uh, Mister L M O O two, Lamus, Mister Lamus, Lamutu, 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 Yeah, something like Lamutu. <laughs> Uh, found your channel not long ago when I was doing video research on liquid cooling a 1650 GPU and loved your single slot 1650 video. Keep it up. What future, if any, do you see for gaming GPUs with no external power like the 1650? Less and less, unfortunately. Yeah. There's less and less of a future. And uh, the thing is, there's a new up and comer. You might you might have heard the, of them. Intel? Yeah. <laughs> Intel, something like that. Uh yeah, they they're coming up with some GPUs that are fairly low power and integrated onto the processors you the, already use, as is uh AMD. The Z, isn't it called the Z or something? The Z? Z? The XE? Intel Z? XE? Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Intel XE, Z. which is it's XE, not Z. Uh okay, there's also XE. AMD. Or sorry, yeah. AMD. I, I, I'm told that's an acronym. It uh, <laughs> is also developing like like integrated Vega chips, like mm -hmm. six years after Vega launched or something like that, that are fairly low power and also integrated into CPUs that do a really good job. Um, I'm being facetious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, the market is kind of moving away from the lower power discrete GPUs in favor of more of an APU approach. Because Intel and AMD are finally starting to be competitive at the fairly low end of things, there's no reason for NVIDIA to make another GT1030. There, I don't know if the if a, a 1630 is even on their roadmap, or or a, I'm I'm surprised the 1650 even was at a 75 watt drop. Now I think the 75 watt card will always be a thing, and so there'll always be one card that you can get. But whether or not we'll see future you know, a future 1030, which honestly at the time of release was a pretty good 720p to 1080p gaming card. Uh, I did a, a review of the GTX or the GT 1030. I could play GTA 5 at 80 frames per second on a GT 1030. And so, it, but that market's being eaten up by the Vega 11 on the 2200G and 3400G. 
Um, it's being eaten up by, you know, going to be eaten up by Tiger Lake here pretty soon with Intel XE graphics integrated. So I think we're going to see less and less of non-external powered PCI Express graphics. And that makes me a little sad because because I'm I'm very much a a fan of low power super small form factor systems that aren't just integrated graphics where yeah. you can get 75 watts of graphics power not 10 you know and I, i've said forever give me a freaking vega 20 on board a cpu that i can actually purchase mm-hmm. not the 8809g uh which was intel's uh 8000 series i7 quad core nook cpu with an integrated vega 20 give me a vega 20 in a 4600g Get, give me an APU that's worth a damn that I can actually build. So, but they don't listen to me. <laughs> so, yeah, you're not you're not head of uh, head of development. Yeah. Long live GTX 1050 Ti. Uh, 1650 beats the crap out of the 1050 Ti at the same power threshold at 75 watts. So, 1050 Ti. I'm not saying it's not a good card. 1050 Ti was a heck of a graphics card, but. The reviews came out for the 1650 and everyone shot it down immediately. And again, I kind of called it the value king based on it's 60% faster than the 1050 Ti. And Actually, everyone hated I me for it. I but I love the 1650. I almost posted a story about the 1650. About it being like uh, like the number one seller right now because nobody can buy anything else. Yeah. Um, anyway, I didn't put that in there. I think it was... The old Vega 11 is still weak, but compare it to what's around it. The Vega 11 beats a GT1030 in a CPU that costs $130, whereas the GT1030 costs $100 by itself. So you're getting a four-core, eight-threaded CPU that hangs with uh, an i5-7400, i7-7700, non-overclocked, for $130 with a GT1030 with it. It's a good graphics card for that money. 1650 is great. 1030 was a great card. 1050, 1050 Ti were both great cards. Grab a new GTX 1010. No, because it's going to suck because it's lower than a 1030. It's fewer CUDA cores. I'm waiting for an Ampere-based 30 card. Call call me when we get a a, a 3030. What's missing is HBM. No, what's missing is them putting proper GDDR5 or 6 into a budget card because memory speed still matters in those lowly cards, even though they usually give them crap memory. All right. Uh, speaking of NVIDIA cards, that was a great segue yes, into the next segue. story. Not not necessarily good news, but a great segue. Right, great segue. Uh, that uh, availability for RTX 30 cards is going to worsen as Q1 drags along. Yeah. So, so speaking to people in the industry and outside the industry and, and, and other, whatever contacts I have to talk to, uh, back in November, I was told, well, wait till March, March, it'll open up a little bit. Maybe we'll, we'll have some more stock. I, I hear things are loosening up, you know, things should be getting a little bit better. They're not nope. getting any better. Nope. Yeah. So as bad as the availability is right now it's going to get worse mm-hmm. which is 
makes me really happy that I pivoted a lot of my content to server content lately. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. Why do you think I'm building a system with dual GTX 690s? It's because I don't give a crap about the 3090 until I can get one in hand, and so can you. That's the difference. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So you can you can review it to your heart's content, but mm -hmm. no one's going to get excited about it if they can't get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. I just want a 1660 Super at MSRP. I just want something to talk about that's actually relevant. Yeah. I I did the review for the 6800, and I'm glad I got to review that card for the, the Sapphire Nitro Plus 6800. I'm glad I got to the review. Sorry, that sour Roar. is like puckering <laughs> my tongue puckering a little out. bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I got to review that card. Uh, it blew my mind as far as performance goes. For the six hundred dollar price point, six six seventy or six eighty or whatever it ended up being, after all the price hikes that have happened, definitely didn't meet the MSRP. But that card blew my mind as far as performance goes. What is available today, supposedly on retail shelves, supposedly uh, yeah, for that card. However, no one can buy that card. Yeah, and I made that quite clear in the review. Like and and even up. Sapphire responded and said, we liked your review and we understand. Yeah, that's the thing. You just can't, yeah. can't eat your hands on it. It's a great card. How much and are you willing to spend? And here's the thing that kind of sucks about, the, especially the, the, the 30 series or the 3000 series, is that you know that NVIDIA is working on their next technology. Oh, the yeah. next thing's coming up. So by the time this series of cards becomes available to everybody until the, you know, the supplies come back up and mm -hmm. anybody who wants one can get one. They're going to announce the next big thing. The thing is, as long as mining is still a thing, it's going to be there. We'll yeah. never get cards. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm buying this as an entertainment product. Well, this is the they're thing. They're buying like, it as a moneymaker. So they'll the spend just yes. about any dollar on it. Well, that's the thing that the, the availability of the discrete cards is so low mm -hmm. that I was another article I was reading today was they're actually buying um, the laptops that have the 3000 mm -hmm. series on there using those to mine them with. To tell you how out of control <laughs> the mining craze is right now. I did see that story and I should have linked it. Yeah. Um, there were mining farms that were discovered in China and India that they were buying RTX-powered laptops, so RTX 3060 and 3070 integrated laptops, for like $2,500. Yeah. And these are like Max-Q laptops, or, or like the energy-efficient, you know, low-power kind of variants of this. They're spending $2,500 on a laptop to open it up and, and sit, like, screen down... So it's up and nice and vented, high and tight with a power plug plugged into style, it. Yeah. And run that as a freaking mining GPU. Yep. The the four hundred dollars for a graphics card versus twenty five hundred for a laptop, it they're didn't it. matter to their end yeah. result. Yep, they're taking it. That's why you can't find graphics cards right now. It's because to the miners, the price of entry doesn't matter as long as I have a mining farm that is going to continue cranking out dollars for me. Mm-hmm. And until crypto prices go back down, which who the heck knows? Thank you, Elon Musk, for hashtag Dogecoin. Um, well, Dogecoin hasn't really gone anywhere. It's yes, it has it, a couple a couple of pennies. It hasn't gone up too much. The thing is, when it goes from zero point zero four pennies to zero point four pennies, 
yeah, that's a thousand last, percent increase. In, in yes, yes, but in the in in the last couple of uh, was it last two or three weeks? Because since Elon Musk started tweeting about it, it's only fluctuated by a couple of pennies. Right. But from but if the, you from have the beginning, but if yes, you have be- like some people I know about a hundred and ten thousand of them. Couple right. of pennies makes quite a difference. A couple of pennies does make quite a difference. So whether it's a half a penny or three pennies, it's a quite I a difference. Know. The market cap on it is really, really high, though. It's yeah. really high. Oh, it's insanely high. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of great hardware out there right now. I wish I could use it, and I wish you could use it too, and. When I saw this coming, so I, I've seen this storm since all the way back since I went full time, uh, all the way back in July. I kind of saw availability issues possible. Now, obviously, at that time, there were no releases of, of new generation cards, but I saw a little bit of like cryptos kind of going up and it's going up at a pretty dramatic pace. And I thought we were well past the point where you could profitably mine with a graphics card, Bitcoin. Apparently not. Apparently nope. we're spending $2,500 for an, an RTX 3060 inside of a laptop to run in a mining farm. So apparently we're not past the point of profitability, nope. let alone 4X profitability over the cost of the graphics card. Um, Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's... Yeah, yep. it's... Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, and as, uh, I'm sorry, I can't say your name, but, uh, uh, Dogecoin is currently at seven cents, seven, seven cents. Yeah. A couple of days ago, it was at two cents. Now that doesn't seem like a lot. It's five cents. But if you own 110,000 of those, those well, cents the mar- add up. The market cap is in the billions. So I right. Mean, yeah. If right. you have a, a couple million of them, then yeah, a couple cents does make a difference. Well, 110,000, that's the difference between $20,000 and $70,000. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a difference. It's three and a half times. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. This isn't going anywhere until crypto finds a different way to make itself or. Well, I guess until somebody makes a crypto specific card. The thing is, if they make a crypto specific card, guess what? The existing cards can still mine crypto too. And so they'll buy all of they'll the cards of instead them, yeah. of just the crypto ones. Yeah. They People tried. I have right here a Zotac crypto card. Yep. Because I've tried to figure out how I can use it and fight the crypto thing and, and give card. this new life. <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> and so I have two of these. I spent $90 on, on a pair of these. Um... And this is a, a GTX 1060, so a GP106 GPU core with three gigs of RAM. I went, this would make a hell of an NVENC card. But they've disabled NVENC on the crypto mining cards. And if anyone out there has a Zotac standard ITX GTX 1060 three gigabyte card, I want a BIOS dump from you because I want to apply that BIOS to this card. And I have versions of Envy Flash that I shouldn't have access to, but I have them. And mm-hmm. I really want to use them to see if I can flash this to a standard GTX 1060. Just to and, see if it would work. And see if I can put this into a Plex server and encode video with it for 40 bucks. Right. 
That's yeah, what I want to use good. this card for. Yeah, yeah. Not for mining. Just There's no video encoding. output. Although I could solder, there's still solder pads because this is just a standard Zotac card without the pad soldered on. So I could yep. solder my own display port and HDMI to this if I really, really wanted want to get fine-tuned with yeah. it. But if someone has this Zotac card in a 1063 gig, please contact me. Please. Oh, there's somebody that says message me. Uh, I don't know how to message you but seriously reach out to me, either the contact section on my YouTube page or go to, no, I need the three gig because these are three gigabyte cards. The six gig BIOS doesn't do me any good. Um, but uh, please, uh, Kestrel says he has it. Excellent, Kestrel. Uh, dude, get a hold of me on Twitter. That's the easiest way to, to DM me. Just craft computing on Twitter. My DMs are open. Hit me up. I want that BIOS because I want to try applying it here. And uh, Tech Power Up, the only versions of the BIOS they have are from the mining cards. Even though they've they've listed some of those as GTX 1063 gig, the only Zotac cards that they have have the BIOS from from the GP106 is from the GP106 mining card. Uh, yeah, Kestrel. A Kestrel. There we go. Message me. DM me. I want me. this content. Get me you that BIOS. A, yeah, you already have a built-in people that want this content. Yeah. All right. No, I future, know. You got future videos. And I and I bought this because I figured it would be a great video, but I cannot find that BIOS. And it's not like I'm going to reach out to Zotac and go, so I'm going to hack your cards. Can you send me that BIOS? Because they, <laughs> they never would. Yeah. That's not gonna um, and I, I, I have a lot of respect for the people over at Zotac. And the, and the uh, in fact, the Zotac PR rep is one of the guys I've known the longest that I've been doing this. So and you don't want to piss gonna, them off. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to piss them off just yeah. to get a hold of a BIOS, but... I will piss them off by sourcing the BIOS myself. <laughs> those are two different things. Yep. Uh, hey, Jeff, what about VMs what with those? Do? I've tried. I've tried just about everything. The only method to game on one of these is a method that Linus posted about two years ago in using the uh, Windows rendering uh, option. So you can send high-performance apps to a dedicated card and output on a lower-def card. And so what they... What they uh, hypothesized is buying like a Ryzen 2200G and then buying a, so some kind of, some kind of system with integrated graphics on it and then buying a mining card and sending all of your high graphical information over to there and then outputting via your standard display. And they did get it to work. Uh, Linus and Anthony did get it to work. It was a pretty great video. I'm not going to recreate what they wanted to do, but I wanted to take this and apply it to a server application. And so I have servers with you know, six pin graphic outputs on them. I want to make this into a rendering card and into a, an NVENC machine because that would be incredible. Can't you use the onboard as a pastor? Yes, you can on an application by application basis. It does work. That's not what I want this for. I want NVENC unlocked on this card because it's just a GP106. It's the same GPU as a GTX 1060 and there's no reason it should be disabled. And I want it to work. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. Well, we might have something. Yes. We so, might have something. We'll contact somebody. Yeah, so Kestrel. Hey, Kestrel. Bro. All right. Uh, so speaking of crypto, 
Hey, we're we're yep, like rolling on the segways oh, today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we just talked about it. Now that's crazy, right? Yep. Uh, Brian from TechS City. By the way, you spelled Brian wrong. He spells it with a Y. Uh, has already done this and made a mining card work like a normal card. Uh, same with Nexus Gaming. I've I've seen both of those videos, and I do know it's possible. Um, uh, how does a GTX 1060 do versus a P400 or a P600? I don't know. I'll let you know later. <laughs> so, by the way, this is a this is a P four hundred. This is a P six twenty. This is a P one thousand. I'll let you know, <laughs> but I need that ten sixty BIOS to do that test. To do that first, yes. So, give me the ten sixty BIOS, and I will compare. Like, that's the thing that's been on my mind lately. I've, I've owned this Zotac card for like six months, and it's sitting on top of my case to piss me off to the point where I will start stabbing people to get that BIOS. <laughs> you start mugging people in downtown Salem. Right. right. Give me your BIOSes. Hey, put on a mask. Also, <laughs> do you have a Zotac 1063 gig BIOS? <laughs> <laughs> I will stick you. I know you have it. Right. <laughs> Going around like Batman. <laughs> where is it where is it <laughs> yeah yep uh so yeah i have four of these of these pascal based quadros sitting on my desk right now now the p1000 is for a different project but but i have four of these cards that i've bought over the last year or so uh kessler says he dm'd me perfect yeah, the world needs that 1060 vials. I know it does. Um, and I've just what, like waited for an opportunity and I just happened to have it sitting here. So no, that's freaking awesome. And I have two of these cards. So even if you brick this one, I don't give a crap. <laughs> I'm still good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. uh, Elon Musk has supposedly been warned by a various team of, by various teams of lawyers that he may face legal action uh, and SEC inquiries if he continues tweeting about Bitcoin, which is really interesting because Bitcoin is not a regulated currency. It is not. He can't. It is outside of the scope of the SEC, which is kind yeah. of the whole point. Right. Exactly. Who? What? What governing mark? What governing? Uh, uh, what regulatory over, industry? There is none. There is none. Can question the the motives and the tweets of an unregulated currency? Yes. The answer is none. Yes, it's blockchain. It's non-centralized. That's the point. It's kind of the point of it all. It's kind of the point of right. it all. Uh, so on Monday, Tesla announced that they had bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin at some point this year and had yep. planned on accepting Bitcoin payment later this year. So you could buy a Tesla with Bitcoin. Um, however... Not with, Star not with Starlink yet. Not with Starlink. Yeah, you can't pay for Starlink. No. No. However, lawyers have warned Musk... Uh, whose fast and loose Twitter persona <laughs> has landed him in hot water with regulators before. Something, something might take Tesla private. Don't DM me or yeah. whatever the, the tweet was. Like thinking about t taking Tesla private. Got a crap. Um, yeah, that's landed him in hot water before because Tesla is a publicly traded stock on an SEC regulated stock exchange. That's a thing. Yeah. You can't do that. Uh, however, tweeting hashtag Dogecoin to not, the moon. Yep. Not a, not a, not a, we bought 1.5 billion in, in Bitcoin. 
Those are unregulated currencies, unbacked, unregulated. Yep. They're only worth something because someone else says they're worth something. They're not actually worth the backing of a government agency like the SEC. Yep. Which means he can say whatever the crap he wants to say. Yep. That's my take on it. Although, I mean, it, it's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. But say, you know, you have a whole bunch of Bitcoin and you want to trade it for U.S. dollars. You right. have to find a buyer for that. Right. Which you might, you might not. Right. So, but if you're dealing with strictly Bitcoin to Bitcoin, well, then you're fine. Right. So if the market starts drifting toward Bitcoin, like, like uh, Elon mm -hmm. Musk is saying, you want to buy a Tesla car with Bitcoin? Cool. We can mm -hmm. do that. That might be why the FCC is freaking out <laughs> more right. than anything. Because right now, if they want to buy it, they own a bunch of Bitcoin and want to buy Tesla, they got to convert it to US dollars and then here's, they got to buy it. Here's the question. How do you tax Bitcoin? You can't. Bingo. You have to convert it to income first. Right. Then you can tax it. Which Bitcoin, while it has a market value, mm -hmm. is an unregulated form of currency which means unless someone claims such and such as income or dividends or whatever else. <laughs> yeah. We're not financial experts. We're not lawyers. We're, we're just, not lawyers. We're do not, not doing anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> but letter of the law, technically everything has value. Mm -hmm. But the SEC is what assigns value to various things. And so there are... Most of the items that I receive, so I'll, I'll say this as a tech reviewer, like like taking like physical items that I receive. Most of the items that I receive, I receive for review. Uh, they are quote unquote given to me, but they are technically not my property. Technically, probably 90% of the time, the company that sent them to me maintains ownership. Which is why you don't see me selling graphics cards and CPUs and motherboards and crap like that. Well, I'd have to get CPUs first. Yeah. But it's why you don't see me selling anything. Number one, I don't sell anything. I have a garage full of things that'll tell you that much. But number two, let's say EVGA gave me a GTX 1080 Ti. And let's say I reviewed that card I fulfilled my end of the obligation, and then I sold that card. Uh -huh. And then EVGA says, we, there's a problem with this card. We never want it seen in a video again. You need to return it. Right. Guess what? It is well within their right to do that. Yep, they could do that. That is, that is reviewing 101. While I get to keep the product and use the product as I see fit, it's not my product. It's not mine. It belongs to EVGA yeah. or whoever okay. sent it to me. You're basically their storage now. Right. I'm their storage. And <laughs> yeah. the reason being is they don't want to pay the shipment to get it back because they're only making 50 bucks on the video card anyway. So right. they're not going exactly. to pay 40 bucks to send it to me and then 40 bucks to get it back. But they're hoping that, you know, you display it in the video and then. But get, if I show you know, it three times on a video. More, people are going to buy it and then they'll make right. <laughs> more money off of that. Yeah. Hey, what graphics card did he use in this video? Oh, I think I'll go get one of those. That's why we have graphics cards. That's why yep. we get motherboards. That's why we get memory. That's why we get all these other things. So how do you tax Bitcoin? Yeah, if it's Bitcoin to Bitcoin, especially if you're paying for something directly with Bitcoin, if you bought Bitcoin, I mean, I guess, you know, if you paid for it 
if you made an exchange from US dollars to Bitcoin, you were technically taxed on that. Then I then the money beginning, but if the increase of Bitcoin at that point, only, the increase only is not the, taxed. Depending on the state, I'm gonna say depending on the state, only the receiving party would be billed the taxes on the income they received from selling Bitcoin. You can sell mm -hmm. a product. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna call Bitcoin a product at this point because okay. it's not considered currency. Um the SEC doesn't see it as as currency. And so I sold X amount of Bitcoin for $1 million. The recipient of that $1 million would need to claim $1 million in sales yes. on whatever and, product yep, and pay exactly. whatever taxes on that right. income. Yeah, yep. then they have to pay taxes on that. Exactly. However, that amount of Bitcoin doesn't necessarily carry a million dollars in value as far as the SEC goes. Right. As far as the IRS goes. So say, for instance, somebody started taking Bitcoin for, you know, products. And how well, do you tax then, that? How do you tax that? You can't. You can't. Point. It's an unregulated currency. Right. And that could be more why that uh, they're jumping down his throat than anything else. Right. I, I bet it's more about a tax liability and, and dodging than anything else. Could be. Yeah. Is exactly. you can't make products in America and then sell them for this monopoly money <laughs> is probably what they're thinking. Exactly. Want to bet? Oh, yeah. I, I, I know. I, I can I completely agree with you. We we can do it like you bought Louisiana for for you know beads and silk <laughs> and, and a little the, tobacco. No, that wasn't Louisiana. That was well, uh, Louisiana was four point two million dollars. But yeah, that was the, you get was you the, get the, man, idea. That was the island of Manhattan. Manhattan was yeah the beads and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I I forgot which piece of the country we ripped off the Native Americans for to buy for for pennies. <laughs> oh, on it was the definitely dollar. Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah. We didn't even buy Oregon. We just took it from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't doing anything with it anyway. Right. They were going to annex for vodka production. I mean, well, you're still here, but... <laughs> <laughs> I came a little later, but... Right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> for those who didn't know, Oregon, the largest uh, population of uh, Orthodox Russians in the world. Yeah. yeah. Even in Russia, we have a bigger population here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually have, like, there's some there's some churches... Not too far from where I live that have mm -hmm. like the, the onion domes and everything mm -hmm. like that. It looks mm -hmm. like, you know, Saint little mini St. Petersburg or something like that. Right. There's at least three of them that I know of. Yeah. They're kind of cool looking. Yeah. Oh, they're beautiful buildings. Oh, yeah. And there's one like on an, in a neighborhood that you would not expect it to be. Like, oh, yeah, no. Driving down a country road and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Oop, there it when is. did oh. we get to St. Petersburg? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but can Tesla convert crypto into money? That's the thing. Yes. Yeah, yes, kind you, of, if you, they sold you, the crypto. If they sold the crypto, then they'd be taxed at that point. If they don't sell the crypto for U.S. currency, if they don't convert it into a taxable currency, does it have any value? It only has value to the people who have value. I'm not saying it does value. it have any monetary value. I'm saying does it have any value? Does it have any taxable value? Yeah. That's the question. And that's what the, the SEC the is IRS wrestling The IRS isn't taking taxes in Bitcoin. Right. Yet. If, if I accept money in euros, I can still be taxed that in the US dollar because there's a conversion rate and there's a whole thing where that's still a regulated currency and it's still income. That doesn't work with Bitcoin. It's not a regulated currency. Yeah, it's not tied to any nationality or anything like that. Right. There's no, no gets, backing no one, on it. No one gets paid in Bitcoin. Right. Well, maybe somebody gets paid in Bitcoin. I, I can trade a, a PCI built for like, let's go, let's go full Craigslist. Let's say like Harley parts. So, so I trade this computer that's sitting next to me, which is a 2012 beautiful machine, like 
exemplary. I know what I got. Don't don't lowball me. And I say we'll trade for Mustang or Harley parts. And so I trade this machine straight across for you know uh, a '66 Mustang rear end and and a and a set of rims. And those two things don't have any monetary value as far as the IRS is concerned. They're not regulated currencies. I don't pay taxes on that transaction. It's kind of the same thing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin's yeah. a product, not a currency. Yeah. So Tesla is accepting Model T's as a trade-in and giving full value of a Tesla. That's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I am not a legal expert. I am not a financial expert. I am not providing legal advice or financial advice in any situation. And doing such would be a failing on your yeah. part. And we may, you know what? We may be completely wrong. They may, I'm not, I've only dabbled in cryptocurrency. And I've never asked, been asked to claim it in any way, shape, or form on anything. Right. So I don't know for sure. There may be someplace somewhere I don't, I have not seen on any tax form where you have to claim uh, gains on cryptocurrency. Right. I haven't seen one. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as I know, if people are accepting cryptocurrency for payment for direct products and you, you have, you know, you, you bought, you bought cryptocurrency and it went past a certain point. So you gained money from it and then you use that to buy a product. I, I don't, I don't see any place on any tax form that I remember of that. You can claim that as, as income. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Right. Technically, uh, some of the products that I've received, I have been given uh, for free. I have been given and they yeah. are my property. Um, now, again, no company is really ever going to come back and say, give us back this property. That that doesn't happen unless you're a jerk or unless you're like known selling on eBay, okay. all the stuff that you get. There may be something about virtual currency on the IRS website. Okay that I'm not aware of, okay. which is, it could very well be. Cause I, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've only dabbled in it. Um, and again, you're over my head at this point. Yeah. Like I've never, I've never used it to purchase anything. I've never claimed it. The money I've made off of it is minuscule. So yeah. I mean, it's like, um, our tax, it says currency, virtual currency transactions are taxable by the law, like transactions, any other property. They say that. <laughs> they say that, but I don't know if there's any way that they can prove that. How can you prove the value of what you bought and sold? Yeah. That's the question. It's mm -hmm. not a regulated currency. There is no $1 to 1 Bitcoin value that is given by the SEC. So they're asking you to claim an income or claim an expense based on crypto, based on product loss, but... This is saying, I'll give you a thousand tons of rice for 2000 tons and beans. Yeah. How it's do you claim system, that yeah. as a taxable income? Do I, do yeah. I send, do I send the government three bags of rice and one bag of beans? Yeah. Well, what happens if you, you say, I, you know, I gain, I have this many crypto or I paid for something with this amount of crypto and I right. got this product, this value of this product, but then the value of that crypto went down and therefore is that a loss at that point? Right. And therefore I don't owe taxes on it. Right. I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not I don't too sure either. how it works. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not an expert in any of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely uncharted waters and I know it's uncharted waters for me, but it's still uncharted waters for the IRS and the U S government. Yes, the whole. I think it is too. Yeah. And 
I don't know that they have a good answer for it either. Yeah. Uh, virtual currency is treated as property. But again, what value does that property have when it's unregulated? Because yeah. we can say there's a regulation to how much your property is worth. There's a regulation to how much your car is worth. There's a regulation to how many how much your assets are worth. Yeah. They don't tax you on assets. What's asset the worth. value of your you cryptocurrency? And, and there yeah. is no value assigned yeah. to that by a government regulatory agency. It is an unregulated currency. And so any taxable income they're asking for sounds like Scout's Honor, it's worth this much. Yeah. It's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, capital gain loss you just stated. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, again, I said, all right, so we're moving on to another story. Oh my gosh. It's I know I've said it in between <laughs> everyone, but are we going to, are we going to skip all the beer? We're stuff? skipping the beer news. Okay. We spent right. enough time on beer. It's we 10 can, 02 we can, rapid we can fire. Even, we can even skip. Well, we can, yeah, we can go through these last three ones really fast. We can't skip this one. Okay. That's fine. We can't we, skip this one. We, okay, go ahead. <laughs> the Super Bowl streaker yeah. is now <laughs> in the tech mobile game. Oh yes. No, we can't skip that one. That one's awesome. We can't skip this one. Yeah, no, not that one. Um, so we all saw him. We all saw him. We all know what company he was trying to advertise. It's the same bloke that's uh, tried to bomb many a uh, sporting event. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the Super Bowl streaker is now, well, they've, they've remixed him into a Tech Mobile character. Yes. They, they and it's hacked fantastic. the and put them in there. Yes. Right. <laughs> I used to, I love Tech Mobile. I used to play the heck out of that on the NES. Well, did you know that they actually remake or uh, reskin Tech Mobile every single year? Oh, uh, really? With uh, updated rosters, updated teams, logos, colors, everything. I didn't know that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, no, there's, there's a Tech Mobile 19. There's a Tech Mobile 20. I'll have to look and, at that. And they are fully playable. It so if you have like an EverDrive for the NES, you can play yes. it on the cart on the console. Oh, cool! So you can plug it back in, or you can just, play it just in the regular emulators like Nesticle yeah. and and things like yeah. that. Yeah, and they're great games. And and <laughs> oh, they no. they adjust the stats of each character too. That's cool. So yeah, yeah. I think I think I heard that the banker did make. I think he had a bet or something like that where he made he made a bunch of money from it. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of funny. Yeah, no, uh, so the streaker apparently was paid by a an adult film website entrepreneur, quote-unquote, who's been known to do these kinds of things or known to pay for these kinds of things. So he was wearing a, uh, looked like a unitard, a very slim-cut unitard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Looks like I'm trying, it's a family-friendly show. I'm trying yeah, my yeah, best yeah. here. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, and if you haven't heard it, the Kevin Harlan play-by-play radio broadcast is freaking amazing. Yep. Do yourself a favor, Kevin Harlan, Super Bowl streaker. <laughs> Go Google it. It's good stuff. Yes. All right. Moving on. I promise I'm not trying to say all right in between every break, but I know I've done it between every news story tonight. I'm sorry. I got to come up with another transition word. It's just what I do. Steam has officially launched in China. In China. This is actually pretty big news. It as... is big news, especially big for Steam. Yes. I mean, it's a huge, huge, huge market huge for them. Huge market. 
Yeah. And they were they were peaking at record breaking uh, user levels before. The last six months, Steam has broken records yes. month over month. Now with China coming on, it's it's going to the moon. Right. To the moon, they say. Hashtag Doge. Yeah, hashtag Doge to the moon. Yeah, they're they're Steam is going to the moon, mm-hmm. basically with this. Although not the full uh, library. Not the full Apparently, library. This it's going to be approved by. Um, <laughs> Uh, what's his face? By Winnie the Pooh himself. Winnie the Pooh, yes, by Winnie the Pooh. Um, what, what? I'm not uh, afraid what... to say that I'm not big in China. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but basically, whatever they approve of is going to go on there, and yep. um, so I guess the only place that... I have to go in Taiwan is we recognize them as a free country. So it, it says there's <laughs> only 41 titles available at launch. Yes. So not not a huge release, but uh, as as things get approved, it'll start trickling in. Yes. And this includes everything. Uh, So PUBG is already on the list of previously approved. uh, So PUBG and Fortnite are both approved titles. uh, And there's more coming in every day. Although Fortnite's not a Steam thing. It's an Epic thing. It's an Epic thing, uh, but... uh, Tencent is a local developer Tencent for is them. a local developer, okay. So right, they have it and so okay. they may be carrying uh, Fortnite on Steam over hmm, in that region. Interesting, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's a yeah. really big deal that Steam is now available in China. That, yeah. That's a huge player base, it's a huge, huge market. Huge and, win for Valve, yeah. And because of the console ban that's over there, the, the de facto console ban where you can't buy mm-hmm. a a PlayStation or an Xbox, but you can buy a set-top PC yep. uh, or a gaming PC. PC is the only gaming medium over there. Yep. And so getting a digital platform, a digital distribution platform like Steam, that's a big deal. Yep. And finally, uh, in news I didn't expect to be talking about today. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Battlefront 2. Not, not that not Battlefront 2. The, the first one. First the one. Good the first one. Battlefront 2. Yes, the good the one. The good one. Uh, uh, just got an update. And in classic EA fashion, it's already been pulled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the update actually uh, scaled it properly for higher resolution displays yeah. and enabled full controller support, both of which are freaking like like full X input support. So you can plug in an Xbox controller and oh, go yeah. wild. And the text isn't like this big on your, on your 1440p yep. monitor anymore because they were used to 800 by 600 in those days. Yep. It was a big, big update, but yeah. it also broke like everything. It also broke everything. <laughs> uh, nothing worked. Some mods didn't work. Some controls didn't work. People couldn't, I think th- there's certain things that just absolutely there were skill trees that were completely broken. Yeah. There were campaigns yeah. that didn't start. There was yes. crashing. There were, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, items you couldn't access from the controller or from keyboard and mouse because yeah. they, they, as part of this, they also completely revamped the menu system. Yeah. And, and there's so something they couldn't even reach with the menu because the menu system was broken at that point. Right. So, so they, they revamped it for a controller, but it also broke it for the keyboard and mouse and the controller. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was, it's, it's a really ambitious update for, for a game that came out in what, 2005? Yes. 2005, 2006, 2005. something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's great to see old games getting some love like this, getting, getting some modern, modern supports that we've been used to and honestly taken advantage of for the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of games that I am full fledged a controller gamer for these games. Uh, that includes pretty much any Rockstar title. If yeah. you give me a Red Dead Redemption or a GTA, 
I'm on a controller. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, I'm I'm half and half. Yeah, See, well, like, I'm, I'm dri- totally driving, half and half. Driving, driving, I'll definitely be controller. Driving games. So if, uh, if I don't have my full shooting, I want the mouse. Right. Yeah. If it, if it's an FPS or most first person games, I won't say all, but most first person yeah. games, uh, I want a mouse and keyboard. Uh, if it's a game like GTA where it's primarily third person, I usually lean towards a controller. Although mm-hmm. there are some third person games like Hitman that I lean towards keyboard and mouse. Yeah. It just depends on the game. But seeing a game that is at this point, 15, 16 years old. I know it's ancient, right? And an EA game at that. getting this level of support getting modern resolution widescreen support that was something you didn't think you'd need in this day and age but you know what we were hacking it to this point to get widescreen support yeah and the text was still this big yes uh getting proper controller support and proper widescreen support in a game that's 16 years old that's freaking awesome yeah so too bad that it broke (laughs) <laughs> so hats off to EA. Yeah, please go fix it. I really go want to fix that. it. I think they're fixing it. But I think they're it was, fixing it. It was funny that they waited this long to. It also fix broke it like every mod that ever existed for the <laughs> game yes, too. <laughs> it's sad, but it is what it is. So we're ten past the hour. Yes, I'm at the bottom of the spear. Me too. I am heavily disappointed in this one. Uh, like I'm bad. drinking it. I'm actually not not it's that disappointed fine. with my lobster beer. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying sipping it. Yeah, it still has a good sweet mapley flavor with a slightly salty finish, which I don't hate. I that sounds wonderful, actually. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I had such high hopes for this one. Well, Imperial barrel aged bourbon porter with cocoa, had, cayenne had, pepper, and all the right words. All the right words. All the right words. And it just didn't deliver. It's just, it's a moderately good sour ale. Like I said, it's still good. It's still yeah. drinkable, but it's like a 3.25 at best. Yeah. So if we're, if we're on untapped, three and a quarter. Okay. That's fair. Like it's, it's fine. That's disappointing for. It's a Sierra uh, Nevada IPA. Yeah. But it's, it's a disappointing. Sour. That's disappointing for Cascade because Cascade it's is usually really excellent. disappointing. Yeah. For a bottle that was like 30 bucks. Yeah, I know. Like, this was not a cheap bottle. Yeah. Um, good thing you'd have to pay for it then. Right. Well, I owe Mike some really good beers in return. There so. you go. Well, you can give him one of your, your that, extra. That's how beer. Uh, so how counties. do you regulate beer as a currency? Let's go back to the crypto for a second. <laughs> no, it's not. Because <laughs> I received a worldwide stout from a fan of the channel. A worldwide mm-hmm. stout. And he's going to send a worldwide vanilla aged as well. All right. Um, so I sent him two Megalodoms, a Vortex, and a uh, Kavatica. Oh, yeah. Do you well, think those that's a pretty, pretty good standards, trade? Though. Yeah, I mean... If, if, they're standards, you know, but yeah. they're standards you cannot get outside this region. Right, that's true. And and the and the Megalodoms are very highly sought after for, mm-hmm. for 10% triple IPA. They're not barrel-aged or anything like that, but they're like they're quintessential yeah. standard for Northwest-style yeah. oh, yeah. heavy IPAs. Yeah. Um, I also sent him a... Um, I hope he's... I, I know he's watching right now. Uh, he's getting a Block 15 Sticky Hands. Sticky hands is good, but they're right. pretty common around here. Right, they're common around here, but not anywhere else. But it's the heady topper around everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, 
So they're kind of standards, but they're not. What's the, what's the and by the way, he, the... he sent me 12 ounces. I sent him four pints. What's so the there we go. Rate? What's the exchange rate? <laughs> yeah. What's the exchange rate on that transaction? What's the exchange rate on Bud Light? Riddle me this. <laughs> Megalodon is $5 out here. Yeah, we pay $10 for a four pack. It's two fifty yeah. a pint. Yeah. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. And it's it's a 10% good. that's just good. It's good. It's a nice, good, hoppy IPA. Very yeah. hoppy. So, so yeah, John, you're getting a sticky hands and a Kavodka stout if you're watching. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Steve, anything else before we uh, send these fine people to bed? Nope, nope. Just join the after party. Join the after party. I join think the that's after party. the main thing. Follow yeah. the links down in the video description to the Patreon or the float plane if you want to take exclusive part in the Discord server and join the after party, which is starting, oh, right about now. Exactly. Uh, other than that, make sure to catch us on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found for the latest in beer and tech news right here on Talking Heads or every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time right here on YouTube. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Make sure to catch all the new videos. Thank you for all the super chats. I appreciate every single one of you. If you have anything to send us, we have a mailbox that can accept from every major carrier. Send us gifts, trinkets, tech that I haven't Whatever. seen yet, beer. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I can accept anything with or without notice. Uh, if you have something that I might be really interested in, I'm even willing to pay for shipping sometimes. So don't hesitate to ask. Anyway, uh, it's been a fun show. Thank you all yeah. for joining us. And as always, we'll see you next week for episode 171. See you guys. Later on.